Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The session is brought to you by morebeer.com, where every day you can enter to win the beer trip of a lifetime for two to Belgium. Private tours, round trip airfare, and $500 to spend. Enter now at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer, and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. <laughs> Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle, especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? <laughs> no, I have not had it in the can. <laughs> Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the program. Back in the studio once again. Before our week off next week, we've got a, our scheduled off week. Mostly because several of us will be coming back from Schumann's bachelor party on that day. If we make it back, that <laughs> is. It's going to be a tricky tricky thing to do. What, what did he mean by, by making it back? Nothing. Don't worry about that, JP. Are you sure? Because oh, everything's going to be fine. Well, because I'm flying, and we're all flying, and so if he thought, I mean... It's fine. It's, if. It, listen, JP, it's not like planes disappear out of thin air. Yeah. Did I well, lost. But I don't know yeah. if you were... I mean, the plane going to China from Malaysia, you, hmm? what, you didn't think I would know about that? I have an Luke. alert set to <laughs> Total, total fluke. You're yeah. not going to cross over any water. It's cool. Were you going to Vegas or something? That rarely happens. So he, so he doesn't know what he's right. talking about. That's right. Okay, great. We're gonna have a good time. We'll be back in time for the for the show the following week. Everything's good. Wait, the following week you'll be fine. You could drive. I don't like where this is going. There's a driving portion of the event that is getting crazy too. No details. It's a bachelor party. <laughs> yeah, Even before or after. Huh? But this week we've got a lot to do for you. I think this is going to be a fun show. It's going to be a good uh, beer content show. Oh uh, yeah, we beer information. Yeah. Every now and then we throw one of those in the into the mix. Um, I'd like to thank our sponsor, uh, More Beer, for bringing this show to you. You can go to morebeer.com right now and check it out. I was at More Beer a couple of times this week, getting ready for my, my brew day. And um, they had nearly everything 
I needed. But the one thing, and we'll talk about it later on. The one Sabotage. Thing, the one thing they didn't have was, uh, you'll find out. I'm sure it was Nathan's fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know those guys. They helped me out. I'm certain of it. Go to morebeer.com right now and check them out. And the showroom's looking great over there. A lot of good stuff at the More Beer. You, you can't, it's hard to not hang out there. It's hard to not just wander around looking at new gadgets. So go to morebeer.com. They bring you this session and every session. Tonight on the show, we are so proud to have the 2013 Homebrewer of the Year. Annie Johnson is in the studio with us. Welcome, Annie. It's nice to be here. We're happy to have you. Um, we were at the NHC that, that you won your award at, cheered for you, and you were not there. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> we'll find out more about that later. Uh, Annie's going to hang out with us tonight, and we'll talk about her homebrewing past, plus a new gig that she's got going on, which I think everyone's going to be interested in. Um, I'll just leave it at that. We've got some good content with Annie today, and it's going to be fun. We're also going to do a Brewcaster Challenge update. On the last program, we told you all about Doc and uh, Moskowitz's Brew Day. Uh, by the way, Doc did his Brew Day yesterday, I think. Did you talk to him about it yet? I talked to him a little bit today, yeah. He posted some cool pics. Yeah. He had, he had more foil packs than hell out on that table <laughs> yeah, of hops. He made, so. he made 25 <laughs> gallons, I think. So. No yeah. way, really? I think so. He said he'd make a full, full batch, right? Yeah, yeah, I think he said he was going to do that. He probably only wants, like, three gallons. No, no, I'll be over there with the carboys ready to exactly. go. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get some. I got it marked on my calendar. Yeah. So he did his brew day, but Nathan and I both did our brew day over the weekend, so we'll be giving you our Schwartz beer update. I named my Schwartz beer already. What is it? Yeah. It's Fuck Nate and the Schwartz beer. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the recipe with me at More Beer, and I'm up at the counter. You know, when you, when you, I just had forgotten that I named it in, in Beersmith, and it shows up on the printout. Yeah. Well, you just give them your recipe when you go get your own grains, and that's, they, that's how they know how to bill you. And I sort of <laughs> forgot about it, and the guy was like, Fuck Nate and the Schwartz? <laughs> I was like, Oh, oh yeah, don't, yeah. don't worry about that. <laughs> Although if I win, it has a secondary name. I'll be changing the name. To the beer that shocked the world. So oh. I've, got two, I've got two names lined that's, up. Yeah, they're both that's really great. Good. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Isn't it Jamil's recipe anyway? Well, maybe not. I guess we'll find out later. You will find out later in the program when we do our Schwartz beer update. Plus, we're going to hear from Fred Francis from Monster uh, Brewing Hardware about his Monster Mill, which Nathan used in his brew day. So we've got a lot of beer content to, to go for you today. I wanted to give a quick mention and recap of the uh, Bacon and Beer Festival. You, you heard Dan Del Grande on the program last week talking about the Bacon and Beer Fest in Oakland. Tasty Nicole and I all went to it. Yeah. It was uh, yesterday afternoon, and it was a good time. They sold out. Uh, they had not sold out as of Dan's appearance on last Monday's program, but they sold out 24 hours later. Coincidence? That's weird. I think so. Mm. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good event, right, Tasty? It was great. Yeah. Got to taste a lot of good beers uh, out there, and of course, there was a lot of good uh, bacon dishes. The only thing that uh, bothered me, and this is just, it's at every event, and by the way, our events included, I, it just reminds me of why I don't go to many beer fests anymore, and that's lines, waiting in lines for food and beer. Yeah, the lines, yeah, the lines were, well, they had the food, like... Uh, Separate. In the center, sort of, and then the beers around the outside wall. Well, the lines were like going both directions. It was a line for food, and there was it was just yeah. You could hardly you couldn't walk uh, through the you know it's kind of hard to get through the lines. And they didn't take very long, to be honest. Very few of them no. took very long. But I still, I just, if, I just don't want to stand around in lines. Nah, not, I'm such a sissy about that. Yeah, I don't like it either. I dislike uh, beer events. But the you know the lines I did stand in gave me some great bacon food. Yeah. I had like a 
a bacon sausage wrapped in bacon. I had a pork belly topped with bacon. <laughs> so that was just bacon squared. Bacon wrap, I had bacon wrapped meatballs and uh, chicken fried bacon. That yeah. Was, that was good. That is the longest line, I think. They went around the whole place. That one went around the place, and it was the one everyone was talking about. Like it's, It was like a chicken fried steak, right. but it was chicken fried bacon. And it was the line the, went around. It was it worth well, it? Well, that's what I think. People were going like, oh, man, that chicken, you know, that word of mouth. It's like a good beer, right? It, it get, everybody finds out about it. You yeah. Know, I think the Wowie Maui or whatever it is from Almanac uh, beer. got that beer status. I think you might have heard about it, too. Yeah. How do you chicken fry bacon? You chicken fry it beforehand and then yeah, frying fried. it, frying it, cooks it? Just ba- Anyways. He just, had a... Just batter, battered bacon, basically. Okay. Yeah. Huh? Right. What was the uh, the median weight of the average attendee? Did it look different than any other festival? Four hundred pounds. That's what I'm wondering. Oh, oh, the weight in, <laughs> is in poundage. Yeah, poundage. You know what? It looked like every other festival. There's a lot of good looking people there too. Well, uh, it, like, it looked like every beer festival you go to now. Tons of good looking people, and yeah, I mean, but it still reminded me no, of why I don't go. I had a nice time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just, you know, it's kind of like you've been to one, you've been to them all. Yeah, I, I just go to see people. Not, yeah, not the beer. Thing. But had some great beer. Uh, Nicole Ernie did some interviews for us, so I'll be putting that together this week. And she interviewed some of the uh, restaurateurs and chefs, um, and I, I think even one or two brewers too. Uh, and did a couple beer pairings to put things together. Was she? Uh, did she bacon herself proper? She baconed herself. Oh yeah. Did she come home smelling it. like bacon, Nate? Uh, yeah, she must of have course. been spinning out. Did you make her like wash? No. <laughs> You dealt with it. It's all fine. You're like, could you just mouthwash? Anything? I didn't even know. It was a slaving way on the Schwartz beer anyway. So. Right. She got there. Nicole got there. She was having a bad day. And she's talking to me about her bad day. And I was like, listen, I don't really care about your day. How's Nate's day going? <laughs> she's like, did I you want, screw him up? Is Nate's day going worse than yours or not? Because I hope it is. <laughs> she said you were having a bad day at that point. I was kind of bitchy, yeah. So I was like, good. I hope the house caught, catches fire. <laughs> Walk away from that burner and just burn the garage down or something. All things that are much more likely to happen to me. <laughs> so Nicole uh, recorded some content for us. I'll put that together, and we'll get that out to you uh, as soon as we can. So uh, what else do we have to do today? Let me get some announcements out to you. We're doing a BN yard sale, bake sale, and silent auction. Yeah, that's right. Hey, wow. Just hang on for this, Moscow. I know you got a guest here, but give yep. me one second. Um well, as you know, we're going to the Australian National Homebrewers Conference, and we brainstormed last week about uh, how to do some fundraising so that we can get more of the staff there. And we, we, we're going to do an Indiegogo where you can uh, purchase different levels and you get different items, and it's, it's all just to go towards flights. And one of the ideas that Moscow had was he was like, hey, we should do a yard sale. Well, to be fair, it wasn't my idea. I mean, this is something people have done apparently before. Like, people have had yard sales, and they... they- <laughs> You know, I didn't say you money. invented the oh. concept. Oh, I just wanted to be clear. <laughs> but uh, I invented the name well, what's yard. yard sale? <laughs> yeah. the yard? What's you going know. on? Uh, you invented this? Tell me more. But, you know, it was definitely sort of out of left field for me. I'm thinking, like, you know, different ways to, to donate. And, but it made all the sense in the world. Bosco's like, why don't we have a yard sale? And I thought, well... It works perfect because for Doesn't one, make sense to me yet. By the way, Come well, yeah. well, you're not the only one. By the way, don't worry about it. Okay. So here's what happens: it, it turned in. It went from a yard sale to a yard sale and a bake sale, and then from a yard sale and a bake sale to a yard sale, a bake sale, and a silent auction. So here's what we're going to do: it turns out we're moving out of Studio Double D uh, at the first of May. We're out of here. That's a hard date. Okay, it's now a hard date. Um, if if the shit hits the fan and they haven't rented the space to somebody else yet. 
we can rent it on a month-to-month basis after that. But the hop grenade should be open and conquered by then, meaning we got to get this sucker out of here anyway. So to do that, we've got to clear some of the things that we own that we no longer need. There are some couches. Uh, there's merchandise here. Um, I think there's like a broken pitcher downstairs. Um, <laughs> kegerator? <laughs> but we also have things for a silent auction like the official BN Army kegerator. Yep. Which Ooh. is a six-tap kegerator. Two of, uh, one of them set up for uh, nitrogen. It's nitrogen, not nitrous, right? Correct. Well, I get the two. You never know. So does Doc. That's on the other side. (laughs) It's a separate adapter. Right. There's a key there. Some assembly required. It's. I mean, it's a great. It's the BN Army. It's the official BN Army kegerator. It hold. It holds a lot. It's a regular uh, refrigerator converted. Plus, it's all camoed out. Maybe we'll sign it. We're going to do a silent auction for that item, and I think there's going to be a few other items that we put on the silent auction. So we'll list all this stuff for you guys soon, but uh, we're doing it here at the studio Saturday, April 19th. So it's kind of a open house. We'll serve you some beer. Come hang out with us. Buy some shit so I don't have to move it. And we might, uh, we might get another flight out of it to get you know one more brewcaster out to Australia. So that's the plan. Mark your calendar Saturday, April 19th. It's locals only. I apologize because I know what will happen. Yeah. The highest bidder in the silent auction will live in Australia and I will have to ship a B. I will lose more money than the whole event. So shipping is not covered. Everything must happen in person. Saturday, April 19th. We'll get you all the times and the details, but mark your calendar. You're going to come down here. You're going to drink beer with us and you're going to buy some shit. Good. Great. You oh. sold yet, Tasty? Will you take credit cards? Yes. See? <laughs> I'm in. Now, Tasty, did you hear the part about the bake sale? Uh, oh, no, I can't. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. I mean... Well, no one was not say any more about it than that. Right. All right. That's all. Well, I, just, I, I, that's enough, just, all insiders don't know enough already. I just wanted to make sure everybody knows that people like the lovely Alexa and, and Taryn and Kate the Great uh, are, are going to bake some fine goods for us. And maybe Tasty will show up with things. Some I don't know. Oh, I bake. At what know. point does it become a felony, though? <laughs> oh, okay. To sorry. bake cookies? How, it's, well, well, don't be ridiculous. It's not against the law. Don't, Why would that be a felony? You don't need a food permit? No. You don't need a food... Ha- oh, not okay. for a bake it's sale. A bake sale. Oh, okay. bake sale. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Sorry, I was out of the loop. Actually, yeah. JP brings up a good point. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you never know with the state. It's just beer. You, We're fine. Just We're not selling. Sell it. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <We're> selling. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. You guys want me to get out the hops calendar again right now? <laughs> go through that fiasco? Oh, let's start to show off on the bang. I'm not right. so sure about any of yeah. this. The difference is I made a joke. <laughs> I, right. I just got an urgent text. Uh-oh, from what? It said, kick those buttheads off the mics and say something. Oh. <laughs> it's, this person is true. Oh, don't worry. Annie's going to get a good long segment. we got lots to talk about with Annie. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Couple more announcements so we can just get right on going. The American Homebrewers Association governing committee elections are happening now. You can go to homebrewersassociation.org and uh, vote for your candidate. Uh, Drew Beecham is running again for, for his seat. That's one of, there's 25 people to vote for and you can go read all of their bios. And if you're a member of the AHA, you should be voting. It's an important thing. It's an important part of the process. And, uh, those of us on the governing committee get to speak for you. So, you know, don't pick a bonehead. Again, uh, go pick somebody who you'd like to uh, speak for you. Go to homebrewersassociation.org and vote now. Uh, we've got merchandise in the store to purchase. You've seen it. Go to the store. Good stuff. Hats, shirts, onesies. Uh, we've got a BN grill, um, like a grilling apron. I just I just had one sent to myself to check it out. 
They're pretty rad. It has a bottle opener connected to it. It's got a cooler for your beer in it. Like you just set it in the apron itself. It's got room for all your grilling utensils, and it's got a hop grenade on it. It's kind of a rad. I'm going to use it for for brewing. I think. I think you should. Since I'm such a mess at it anyway, it might help a little bit. <laughs> Uh, you can also support us by shopping at Amazon. You do all your normal shopping. Just hit the Amazon link on the homepage. Do we have an Amazon uh, product of the week? Yeah, we do. Please forgive me here, Annie, but it's the Sexy Panties for Women Underwear G-String 2014 Gen uh, 4009 Violet. How do you know Annie wasn't the purchaser of that? <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't. <laughs> uh, I just I just like the part where they uh, designate them to be sexy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll do the math. It's panties. <laughs> right. Done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's very lacy and uh, decorative and uh, let me see perverted. You got a picture of it? Yeah, and perverted. You're such a prude. Well, I'm assuming a man ordered it for himself. You know what's perverted about that? Uh, I'm not judging. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> people want to people want to feel sexy, Scott. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't care what you buy. Just keep doing it, and thank you. Absolutely. You can watch all this live on uh, BrewingNetwork.com/tv, and uh, the video's there later too. So if you'd like to see the lovely Annie on camera or Tasty, the lovely Tasty's always here. Uh, BrewingNetwork.com/tv. Subscribe and join the BN Army. It enters you into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway. Get all these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook. Uh, send your show ideas to Scott the Jew. That's Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com, <laughs> and send your feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Do we have a Twitter game today? We sure do, Justin. Excellent. Twitter game is brought to you today by our friend John over at Beer Law Center. The Beer Law Center. You can go to BeerLawCenter.com. You hear it every week. You hear it on this show. You hear it in the news. There's trademark things going on everywhere. The beer industry is getting crowded. Everybody's stealing each other's logos, either on accident or on purpose and names. If you need help with that, go see our friend John at BeerLawCenter.com. He helps protect our hop grenade. He's doing a great job at it, by the way. I had to sign a, an agreement this week, uh, which basically settled a case oh, wow. about, about our hop grenade, finally, at long last. Wow. All done by our friend at BeerLawCenter.com. What's our Twitter game today? Well, uh, you got us thinking a little bit about bacon here ever since the last uh, Sunday show, or excuse me, Monday show. Um, so I had a bacony sort of uh, Twitter game plan for you. And uh, as luck would have it, we do have some Twitter game prizes that are bacon-related uh, as well, we have a bag of candied bacon caramel corn with peanuts mm-hmm. from a, a local outfit called the Chunky Pig. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a nice bag of barbecue tortilla chips and a bar of soap, both made with lard. Yeah, the soap um, is made out of lard. From a company called Tina Tamale. I think also the soap is made out of lard after it's cooked the chips or something. Oh, really? It's like <laughs> oh, they're just you, getting it using, all. They're, I, so like they're recycling it. I think so. I mean, I think they process. They don't, they don't just like take it all dirty and like put it of in there course, like yeah. a chunk no, of a bar. No, they filter it. They do whatever they do to <laughs> it. But it's really, they're like here, there you go. Smell like chips uh, when I'm done showering. Yeah. <laughs> More info on these places. They, they were very nice enough to uh, donate these prices. Go to tinatamale.com and Little Hops. Uh, excuse me, LittleShopArtisanBox.com. There you go. Uh, so our Twitter game today, uh, you know, as a result of being baconified, is if you could have one body part made from bacon. What would it be and why? <laughs> huh. Now, I've already gotten some flack on Twitter for this where yeah? someone's going, oh, these are just going to be the normal dutified responses. And I said, only if you're not funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't people? So then be creative. I, I, I've already gotten three or four that are actually pretty creative. Everybody's a judger. Yeah. Judgy. That's our job. Uh, yeah. Right. Hey, there's <laughs> enough judgers in this room. We right. don't need your help. What's that supposed to mean? You know. No. All right, that's our Twitter game, beerlawcenter.com. Send it all into Brewing Network over on Twitter.
Um, so feedback's a little strange today. Yeah. Uh, feedback's brought to you today by Adventures in Homebrewing. Go to homebrewing.org. Good friends over at Adventures in Homebrewing. They've been supporting us for a long time. You can check out all of their wonderful items. And uh, they have a daylight savings ale, for example, very hmm. timely. And it's only 20 bucks for the kit. So go check it out, homebrewing.org. And uh, the odd thing is there's no feedback in our email this week. Yeah, we haven't. What? I haven't seen any feedback email since the twenty eighth yeah. of February. So I thought we'd go around the room and just ask you how you feel the show's doing so far today, <laughs> and that'll be our our feedback segment. Right. Uh, JP, what do you think? How's the show going so far today? Well, I think it, we we came off to a little a rocky start, and I don't know I don't know why. I think um, you know maybe we're just you know kind of hectic, and we're 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 uh, all right, Scott. What you, how yeah. do you think we're doing today? Well, I thought it was all right until I heard that there's no feedback email, and now I'm a little worried. I think actually it's broken. Yeah. Because we, oh. yeah, so, uh, we didn't realize till today that it's broken. like no spam any, either. Yeah, oh. so there's clearly huh. something funky going yeah. on. So everything else is going fine. Great, tasty. How's the show going so far today? <laughs> it's going pretty good. I'm kind of hungry. I don't see any food down there. That's kind of annoying. There's a whole sandwich tray. Unless the oh, guy I, oh, came in oh, and stole I, the I, sandwiches I, again. Then that's my bad. I didn't see it when I came in. No, so. it, it could be. Remember the the homeless guy came in and stole oh, the may, yeah. sandwiches Chuck. last time. Chuck. Chuck, he knows where we are now. You better. We have to move anyway. I was now. worried about that. I almost locked the door, but not everybody was here yet. And I, I bet you the Chuck stole the sandwiches. I, I just think Tasty wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I think that's what I was. I was distracted. Uh, okay. Oh, Ryan was there, and Annie was going in and out and all that stuff. I do like where your priorities are, though, right. Tasty. And then I'm also a little like, like you know, I felt kind of bad when uh, one of Annie's stalkers was uh, wanted her to say more or something like that. Like, yeah. She's coming, coming I remember up. That. They, they don't know the format of the show. Right. Yeah. I remember when that happened. Anyway. So. <laughs> uh, Annie, it's your first time in the studio. How's the show going so far? So far, it's really fun. Oh, that's good. I, I don't have any... Feedback from before because I've never listened before. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're the lucky one. Don't worry about that. By the way, I just held up a piece of paper that said, "Say it's really fun," and that's, <laughs> that's how you. That's why Annie answered in the tone she did. Oh, that's beautiful. And Nathan, are we done with these formalities, guys? I'm ready to talk some smack. Yeah. Oh! About the brew day. Yeah. <laughs> This is getting old, man. Come on. Uh, I'm just right. sad we're going to move out of here. I figured we are going to be in your garage again for a while between here and the event, the hop grenade. Well, there is a weird little zone of time there that we're not positive the hop grenade will be finished. Right. Yet I have to give them a hard date of when we're out of here so that they can rent it. So if they rent this starting May 1st, we are in a little bit of a limbo. Got it. Uh, Annie has invited us to put on the show in her living room for oh. that for that period of time sounds great and he didn't know that but she has invited us uh, <laughs> we got a backup plan perfect we actually no scott concerns. moscow and i were talking about it and we thought we you know what we might do is a series of remotes from different uh, breweries that we love if we if there's a little lapse i don't genuinely series did you say uh well it depends on how many weeks we're homeless well, okay. doesn't it it's there's two potential before me Unless May we one. don't, what if we don't open to, what if the hop grenade runs into delays and we don't open for another month? Right. There's this guy, Jamil well, at Heretic. He there's might, one. He might put up with us. I hate remotes. You all know that. Yeah, but know. it's a good, if we're uprooted anyway, it's a good time to yeah. just bring it to BN on the road. And, and, and there's, we'll there's been a, a there's lot of, a lot of people ask for it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so it'd be a good time for that. Yeah. We might uh, get a you know, half a flight paid for or something like that for our charity. You know? It might happen. We use it as a fundraiser. By the way, one of the options for you Australian business owners is to sponsor the BN like you normally would, and we're going to give all the proceeds during that period of time to our travel to, to Australia. So if you're looking to get your message out on the BN, contact Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com, and you'll become a sponsor of our trip. We'll put uh, all of your dollars uh, towards our, our flight. So 
Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. All right, let's do this. Uh, don't forget, feedback's brought to you today by Adventures in Homebrewing. I think they got the best feedback oh, ever. Great. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I'll, I think my phone already rang like three times from poor John. What the hell was that? Come on, it was real-time feedback. Honest answers from honest people like Annie, who's having fun. It was fun? <laughs> it is fun? I yeah. don't know. All right, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, Annie Johnson, our 2013 Home Brewer of the Year. We're going to find out about her brewing history, about the beer that won her uh, this prestigious award, and, I don't know, maybe about the rest of her life, too. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st of... 
Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that Hop Tech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. Hop Tech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks for sticking with us. We've got Annie Johnson, your 2013 National Homebrew Competition Homebrewer of the Year in the studio with us. If you'd like to ask her questions yourself, you can call in 888-401-BEER. That's 888-401-BEER. You can also hit the chat button on our homepage. Now, I have noticed there's a little confusion between the chat on our live video feed and the chat on our homepage. Nobody pays attention to the chat on our live video feed. All of your friends and cohorts and people that you'd like to meet are at thebrewingnetwork.com, and then you click on the chat button. And once our chat moderator gets here, uh, Bevo, she'll also take your questions and pass them along to us that way. So two ways to ask Annie your questions, in the chat and uh, 888-401-BEER. Is Bevo still at that real job of hers? Yeah. Uh, get out of here. Yeah, we got to figure out a way to have her get hurt on the job so that she can not be there anymore and still get paid. She'd still be late. Like other smarter businesses would figure out how to hire her, but I think 
it's more realistic to think that she could trip and fall and get workers' comp. Absolutely. Let's work on it. <laughs> so, all right. Annie Johnson, again, welcome to the studio. Thanks for spending time with us today. Oh, it's nice to be here. So you won the 2013 Home Brewer of the Year. Yes. And I'd like to start by asking if if that was a surprise for you. Is it something that you were, were gunning for, like some people do, or is it just a coincidence? No, not gunning. I'd entered in years past, and then a few years I tried to enter and was frozen out. Just the way that it's been so heavily entered, you sure. just can't get in. Oh, yeah. Um, but this year I thought, well, what the hell, I'll try yeah. Um, and I had uh, two loggers as standard American. And then I had, oh, I actually had a Saison and um, the light American. So did you enter four beers total or did you enter more than that? Three. Three beer. You entered three beers total. Yes. All three of them advanced? No. my I was talking about this earlier. My Saison got a 44 but did not advance. Wow. <laughs> How in the world... I don't know. That's something, how that comp is these days. That's, it's like, very good. It's a lot different than when I first started entering competitions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something like that always comes up. Even in here with some of the people that we have on staff that, that enter, they'll get, yeah, some amazing score back mm-hmm. that didn't... Uh, well, yeah. And I always add that's because they do this thing called Mini Best of Show, right? That's right. where a first round kind of thing, they score your beer. And if you score, say, like 38 or above, or they set some sort of number, then you advance to like a... Side by side tasting where there's no score sheeting involved. Okay. So here's your 44 against this 37, and judges decide that you know this one's better than that one when they try them side by side. I see. Individually, yeah. And the beer, the beer probably is a 44. And there's a diff- usually a different set of judges that aren't never haven't judged that style that day. Yeah. So they could have a whole different slant, a whole different palate. Okay. Based on what they judged before and stuff like. And that. And they don't know the number. Yeah, that's that, blind. They don't, to they don't know that the it's a forty-four. They're not going like, oh, they did say it was a forty-four at the first round. I see. They don't, even, they don't know that. Well, and, and some some get judged on if they're if it's just a good beer or not. Sometimes it's not necessarily two style. Some ju- some best of Joe best of show judging that I've seen, it's just well, this one tastes better. Yeah, yeah but no, this one got a forty-four, and this other one got a thirty-seven. The one that you like, yeah, but it, it tastes better. Okay. Yeah, that's so. in play too. Even though it's it is a single style in many events of show. Yeah, it does. They they kind of set the style guidelines aside because they're just tasting the beer. So that a beer that maybe got a lower score because it was a little bit out of style, and but still tasted great, might just take over the the bet. You know, get first place even though it's not really to style. Right. The my standard American and light lager place first and second. Oh, okay. And then they then I pushed on, mm-hmm. and then I um. I was a little hesitant. I didn't think that I would make it for the second round. Okay. I pretty much took him down to FedEx an hour before you had to ship the shipping <laughs> deadline. Right. And I, I had to send Sweet. them off. I had six beers. And the, the FedEx counter guy, that'll be $98. Right. <laughs> and even then, and you're I'm like, saying, wow. God. Like going to the racetrack. Sobby. Killing me. Or... It used to be a lot cheaper, but then I was thinking, God, I'm turning into an old lady. So I just went for it. <laughs> okay. Oh, whatever. You know, it's a light lager. It's a standard American. And I don't know. Probably, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? And now, then, uh, So the reason I asked, too, about the, the quantity, first of all, mm-hmm. those two styles of beer, very difficult to brew well. So I, I'm already feeling like, wow, what, a, what great beers these must have been. But then the reason I asked how many you entered total is that there are people, Nathan Smith, who, uh, <laughs> hey, who, no. who like who enter 
everything they possibly can. And in fact, until very recently, there was no cap on how right. many beers. And you know, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of the, the numbers game, right? Well, I was always bitching, <clears throat> those who know me, loudly um, on the AHA forum website, Janice Gross' personal Facebook page. Like, <laughs> right. You need to put a cap on this. Put 10 beer. I was screaming that a couple of years ago. Okay. Because when I got frozen out, then it's the end of the world. Meaning that there was no more room uh, for yeah, people I, to enter. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't get in. I'm thinking I didn't have a spare hour in the middle of the day to enter. So I'm glad they've made changes. They have the changes to, yeah. are, are great, but I, I like that it's only five now. Is it five? I think it's still more. Is it six? It's only it's, five or six. You, 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 can, can, you can ask for six. Right. But and you might then, not get that. And then they lottery how many everybody yeah. gets. Yeah, so I asked for right. six and I got four. Well, okay. that's good. Yeah. That's a that's, that's better good. better than three. Yeah. Well, and it becomes very fair, I think, and well, diplomatic that way. Yeah. And I know the competition, well, the attendees, that they've opened it up and it doesn't look like anyone is going to get turned away this year. From uh, the updates I've been seeing. I know that that's true for the people who signed up for the conference itself. Yes. I'm not sure about the competition, but you might be right. Yeah, I, I think a lot, most got in. Okay. Everyone will get at least extra, one. Right? Everyone will get at least one. Okay. An yeah. extra judging site. Yeah, at least one, which is good. And then if you help judge, you'll be assured to get in for the next year. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good changes. They needed to have changes. Yeah. There's still people that are upset. There's always going to but be. But when you enter a beer... Even if you brew a lot like I do, I don't bother with beers that I know have no chance. Okay. I can use other competitions for those if I, I want to. But, I mean, at this point, after brewing for 18 years, I pretty much know what's going to make it, what what has a chance, and what is just, you know, I'm wasting my money. Now, it, and it, when, you, <laughs> when you say that, what has a chance, are you... Are you talking in terms of like the style and how many beers you'll you'll be up against, or are you just talking no, no, about the quality of the your quality, beer? Just yeah. the quality. I mean, it can be up against. I don't care if it's up against a hundred. Okay. Because I I know the quality. Yeah. You know you know when you make a good beer and you know tasty that sure. it, you go oh this is something special. Yeah. I nailed it, and then yeah. so I don't bother with beers that. Or just eh, like a house beer that just not, it's nothing special. Yeah. It's just kind of beer. You know, I like to hear you say that because I, I think <sighs> that sometimes people will just throw the kitchen sink at it. Oh, I yeah. think if we always yeah. encourage new brewers to enter competitions anyway because you get good feedback. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it in the, in the early years either. of brewing. But you make a good point. You've been doing this for 19 years. Yeah. And and I'm not going to waste up a spot or my money for a beer that's just okay. Right. You and know. I think that some brewers, when they have a lot and they want feedback, that is the reason you have a, a homebrew club. Okay. Yeah. And you should use your club and you should use judges and you should go to your local homebrew shop and say, can you evaluate this for me? Yeah. Or m- make friends with someone who's a good judge. I get people that say, can you taste my beer? Or this is my method. This is my process. I'm not getting the points I need. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. And so we just go a 10, 15-minute conversation, and we figure out what's going wrong. Yeah. And you can do those kinds of things instead of paying eight, which some are like, I think, 10, 12, oh, yeah. 15 well, yeah, bones yeah, of yeah, entry. Yeah, sometimes 15 $20. And bottling yeah. is a yeah, the bitch. Pat Post- <laughs> yeah, Pat Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like you said, it's a quicker way to get feedback and get you where you want to be. Yeah. If you could find a club, a friend, a homebrew shop owner. No. If you somebody sent you beer, immediate feedback, and you're yeah. on your way. 
If you, you send me beer, I will not turn it away, yeah. and I will give you an honest evaluation on a BJCP sheet. If you oh, want to wow. chat on the phone, I'm easy like that. I like that. I'm all about the tasting free beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what you're up to. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, it was a method. You've been judging a long time, too, so... Yeah. You're, what you're doing is you're judging your own beer before you decide to send it off. Like, it makes sense, right? Absolutely. Why should I pay uh, $25 to send this beer to the first round? And, oh, yeah. I'm, or, I'm not thinking that I'm going to pull the wool over somebody else's yeah, eyes like, if uh, they don't taste the diacetyl. Exactly. Yeah. When I taste it, exactly. I know it's there. So. Right. Yeah. And then after all, and you, like as brewers, you've got to think about what you're trying to do. You're trying to get a first, second, or third in the second round. Yeah. You better might, you better have a beer that you think yeah. is in the 40s before you Yeah, and I think that most brewers home brewers no and then there are definitely ones that want the honest feedback and they should should. but go go smaller than bigger yeah Yeah. go quality not quantity let me ask you about getting feedback when you were a uh a novice brewer when you were starting out you know when you were a novice brewer did you did you find it difficult to accept real real feedback i did sometimes um the i was fortunate in this area that your judges are kind <laughs> in their <laughs> feedback. Right. Um, one of the things I do now is, is the BJCP grading exams. And I'm talk to these people that want to be judges and I'm telling them, this is someone's hobby. Yeah. Do not kill their passion, their sure. spirit. So when you put things on there, like smells like, baby diaper and i write back have you been smelling a lot of diaper eating diaper <laughs> eating wet cigarettes i mean crazy stuff you can find better descriptors okay you've got to have a better vocabulary yeah think about how you want your own beer judged and you're it's very sacred you spend a long time right. in your backyard listening to your music getting away from it all brewing your batch and you send it off, and you get back something that's just horrific. I got a few in my early days that were, you know, they weren't so hot. But that got to a point when I I wouldn't even read them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just go, uh, I just I look at the mean. score, and I, <laughs> I, I got yeah. some nice toilet paper. Yeah, paper. Are there? Yeah, and I'm going, what are you talking about? We were talking about this earlier on on uh, a light lager that <laughs> this same beer before the competition in a different competition, they got a feedback of too malty. Okay. So, I mean, I'm thinking, mm, okay, yeah. I'll just American go with that. Too yeah. malty. Not too sweet, but too malty. Not too malty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, it, you just take it with a grain of salt. Okay. And it's subjective. So you're something that scores a 38 here, don't, don't be sad if it's a 22 somewhere else. Okay. And judging is different in every different or every region of the country. Yeah, that's but true. they like out here. They're not digging so much in South Florida. Okay. Well, and so with with the, the the feedback that you do leave on a judging sheet, you want it to mean something. Absolutely. Baby diaper doesn't mean anything, and does, it's not going to help the person. You know, even even above uh, or even beyond. You know, possibly um, uh, demotivating them to even brew again. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for them. So yes, that's what judging is incredibly hard in that respect because you have to go. How can I be convey right. the taste of this to something that will be meaningful to this person? Yeah. That's well, good, good I I actually when I started brewing was encouraged. Um, some guy here, Jamil, he said, <laughs> "I've heard of him." <laughs> yeah, mm. he said, "Well, you should try judging." I go, "I don't know about that." So uh, I did my first judging in Reno with the. Washoe group. 
mm-hmm. great group of homebrewers. And I sat down on my very first judging right after I took the exam for the first time with um, Beth Sangari, a mm-hmm. great grandmaster level yeah. judge, and Dave Sapsis, who was an author with the BJCP guidelines. They were so kind, and mm-hmm. they so I learned that very first time on how to give good feedback, right? And to be kind. So I'd always leave my email address. Or when I like a beer, I say, yeah. can you please send me a recipe? <laughs> you leave your full address. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I do that. But, um, yeah. yeah. And to go back to your original question, yeah, some of it was a little painful. But I learned. I learned. And then I became a judge. So it that really helped me. Sure. Helped me make better beer. Excellent. Were you always good at uh, judging your own beer sub- uh, objectively? Or did you have to train yourself to do that? Um, I think I was pretty good at knowing what what was an off flavor, but I didn't exactly know what it was mm. until I started to read more in the guidelines and take the exams. The exams had changed a little bit, but when I first took them, they were brutal. It was four beers, or was it, it might have been six. It was four or six beers, and in between tasting the beers and writing out the sheets, you had to do the 10 essay questions. Mm-hmm. I remember my first time one of the essay questions was to talk about at least four Trappist breweries mm. and what makes them unique and the styles of beer oh, and their method. Wow. Yeah. Give us a recipe for each different Trappist style. Oh, at, le- at least four. Yeah, at and least. give us at least three commercial <laughs> examples uh. and one question. I'm like... Yeah. Wow. Because that that is going <laughs> to help you taste robust porters better. Yeah, yeah. and I talked to other people who took these and they go, oh, I got that question on on pale ale. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. They I took got... out a lot of those old questions. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they were yeah. difficult. There used to be some that were like, so, what do you think about yeast? And you, to, <laughs> yeah. and you kind of got to, you know, yeah. brain brain dump everything you could Blank think pitch. of. And hops. if you miss something, then, you know. Hops. I got I got that one on hops. Yeah. On hops. It's like, really? <laughs> oh, so yeah. tell me about hops. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're like, ah. Uh, see, this is what, this these things that you say about this test are what discourage me from wanting to be a beer expert. Well, they've I'm overhauled to it. death with yeah. it. And I just Maybe feel the two like aren't related, you know? A lot of those are gone now. A lot of those yeah. type of questions. They're more directed now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. But well, even the Abbey one, like, and I don't feel like that's not something maybe a beer expert should know, but oh, I'm just bored. I don't want to fill out that question. I'm going to describe all four Abbeys and give you a recipe. Where's my brewing class? With the style? pencil and the stack of paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, so what did you, you started homebrewing in what, 1999? Not 98. 98. What got you into it? Well, I love beer, obviously, and um, I had a love of beer, and my mom was a big influence. She was a huge, she was a big home cook and wine enthusiast and beer enthusiast, and she had spent her youth in Germany and after college teaching over there. Wonderful. But she wasn't a brewer, just she loved beer. she was a drinker. Okay. (laughs) She was awesome. God bless her. Yeah. And uh, so friends of mine, and we talked about, we should make our own beer. And we talked about it. And then I used to work for Bill Graham Presents. And we do a show oh, up. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we did a show up in Humboldt. They still have a Coregi on the river. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So after that. a week of that hardcore working every day, putting on a show, we'd go over to Fort Bragg and decompress. And I saw a homebrew shop and I saw a kit. And I bought the kit for a friend for her birthday. And then I went over with her and her husband, and we just started brewing beers on the weekends. 
And was that started. extract brewing at that time, or was it... We started Mini Mash. Okay, yeah. We used to go to R&R Fermentations, which was this store in Sacramento. That, uh, they also sold firewood. So <laughs> it goes together. Yeah, and uh, I think I even I was talking about it with Jamil once. They Just the... The, the stuff on the shelf was a little stale. But there was another homebrew shop in town, and they were very encouraging. So I would check out some of their demonstrations, too. Um, but we just started brewing on the weekends, and then uh, they retreated to the couch to watch the football. And then I was the only one in the kitchen after a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just kind of kept up with it. Yeah, and then we just, we we were talking earlier. I was a big A's fan, Oakland A's fan, and they are Raiders fans, so all of our beers were named after Players. Yeah, we had yeah. A, my first beer ever was a Tim Brown ale. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know how they start you off with the Nut Brown. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, every, yeah, or the Alt. It's always the Nut Brown or the Alt. Right. Yeah, and then we I did a Raleigh Red. You know, you do all these beers, and we did a nice. Plunkett Porter. <laughs> Uh, can I ask you this? I hope it's yeah. not too uh, personal, but no, did no, your no. mom ever get to try your homebrew? Was she around? She at the did. Time? Yeah, okay. She did, and I actually took her um, for the state fair awards ceremony. At that time, um, she was uh, uh, in a nursing home, but I took her out. And we went, and uh, she got to see me win an award or nice. pick up my ribbons and oh, yeah. cool. name tag said Annie's number one mom. <laughs> oh, very nice. She was a, she was a really good gal. I bet she liked your beer then. Oh, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fun. She was German. Cool. Of course she did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Any of the friends from those original, you know, days keep up with brewing? Or are you the only one who Well, went? my friends eventually moved. Um, a job transfer took them to Delaware, and they took the home brewing equipment. And then about three weeks, a month later, I got it all in the mail with a case of dogfish head. Okay. Of the 750 ml, all mm-hmm. the different styles. So they were in Rehoboth. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah, and I got that, and I thought, well, this is kind of cool. So, that's Rosie, she's my best friend still. And her husband now is a professional brewer at a place in Las Lunas, New Mexico. Okay. A uh, tractor. So, they kept with it. Yeah. Excellent. Almost definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and then when, because when we meet up, which is once a year, her husband and I, Josh, we butt heads. Because I taught him what he knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go, your ass was in on the couch watching football when I was Look at you there. living off this stuff. Yeah, and now yeah. he's a professional bro. I'm like, well, hey. And he's well, told he, me. And we... He didn't get best homebrew in the country. You still got that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did, he, did he upgrade all his equipment and then he shipped you the old stuff? Is, no, they shipped everything that we had. When I got out of college, I got a job and where Rosie worked at a veterinary pharmaceuticals company so we had access to a lot of carboys and peristolic pumps and uh, uh, tubing lots of tubing and flasks (laughs) and all kinds of good stuff so she didn't think that you know she would ever brew again so she just sent it back i guess and he wasn't brewing at the time and then he got into it working at a homebrew shop now he's making it on a professional level yeah not as good as mine (laughs) always mediocre yeah (laughs) there you go send in the link to the show we'll highlight that yeah now now are you one of these brewers that has been so into it for the whole time that you've never even taken a break from home brewing you just oh no no taken plenty of breaks is that right okay yeah i took some breaks with um and because i just didn't wasn't feeling it i hadn't was going through a personal tragedy as i explained earlier that i I was embroiled in a lawsuit and it was so 
consuming. Oh. And and uh, I just didn't feel like doing anything. Sure. So, but during that time, I did still attend judging events. Okay. And do that and help other homebrewers. I would just go over to someone's house and help them if they had a few problems and just sit with them. But I didn't want to brew anything myself. Sure. I put all my stuff in storage, and then I was starting to sell it off. Oh, that's the sad day when oh. it goes into storage. Yeah. yeah. You the, know that, that things are bad. Yeah. They're, how much do you want for that malt mill? Oh, 20 bucks. Uh, I, yeah. I, I had no desire. Right. And then I got back into it. and uh, There we go. Yeah. Well, we, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah, look oh, what's absolutely. happening now. Yeah, so I don't brew as much as I used to. Okay. Um, but I still probably... Once a month, when I uh, at at work, I do more often. But at 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 home, it's maybe once a month, every six weeks. Okay. But I go big then. I'll just go go for it at fifteen gallons. There pop. we go. Yeah, you can't mess around. How'd it go from uh, selling your stuff off to being back into it? What triggered it? I missed it. Yeah, I missed it. And then I was, I I am. I wouldn't say that I'm a jealous person a little covetous maybe <laughs> okay i, I was like hey i'm I, I need to get back into this i yeah. need validation <laughs> right <laughs> you know well it desperate. does you know it does become a little bit of, of a part of your identity though absolutely. doesn't it so. absolutely because people what are you brewing i nothing yeah but so i solitude I, <laughs> yeah right. you knew you had the skills then, you just wanted to get them back out there you're right yeah. and and i remembered what it felt like because when i brew i'm a solitary brewer okay i don't listen to music i'm just very quiet and i don't like to talk and oh sometimes i will someone wants to brew with me okay but i have to prepare myself for that yeah yeah that makes sense i like to do it yeah it's an alone thing i'll share every recipe i have come brew with you but when i'm doing it i want to just just me so yeah, what do you for sure. what Medi- do you like meditated. about it that about brewing? Is it the process? Is it the focus at, at that time when you're by yourself and yeah. you're really in it like that? What do you what do you really love about it? I love well crafting the recipe and trying to go as authentic as I can. I'm more of a classical brewer. I don't. Yeah, I brought one beer tonight that took me outside of the box, but I'm really classical where I stick right inside the lines okay and i try to nail that style so uh, it's my methods and then i did something magical years ago i don't drink when i brew this is ridiculous oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> me either yeah. exactly well me that's how your beer turns a corner then it's, it's for me it's, oh, yeah. that and uh, danny khan's suggestion of batch barging yeah my beer t- went from good to it's fantastic. Okay. Justin all is, the time. No, not Justin all slid the time. me a note that said, uh, can you escort Annie out of the studio? No, yeah. Justin, let her stay. Please. I mean, not drinking on brew day is like asking well, to not drink on brew day. Wait, I do. Ridiculous. <laughs> I, after, after I all pitch the yeast. I pitch exactly. the yeast. And then depending on what type of fermenter it is, uh, when I put it away, then I clean and I have a beer when I'm. When you're cleaning. Yeah. Okay. The I'm same cleaning. ritual. Yeah. yeah. Not until yeah. after you pitch. Yes. And wait till after the pitch, and then you have a beer while you're cleaning right. up. Right, and it's always something special. Mm, a okay. special beer. Oh, yeah, like a ceremony there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and I'll... I still think it's ridiculous, but I, <laughs> but I respect your uh, your process. <laughs> I do tell brewers, and they ask me, the young ones, 
what is it that you do? And I say, stop <laughs> drinking when you're brewing. <laughs> nobody wants to taste your cinnamon that's boiled for 60 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just things just go wrong. That's yeah, what I thought. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's too much going on. It's too My, detailed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's some, you're like multitasking. You're pretty high degree for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't look like it if somebody's watching you, but you're... You're thinking more right. about the things you're going to be doing next. It's all than what timing. You're doing now, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. the first thing that falls apart when you start drinking? Timing. Yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. So brewing is then all about timing. That takes the fun out of it because yeah. like, you want the moments where you're doing the jobs, but you're on schedule. When you're behind, it's it's no fun anymore. It's like mm-hmm. work. Exactly. Yeah. This is the one piece of advice Justin truly needs and the one piece of advice he does not want. I feel like no. the three of you are speaking a different language yeah. right now. I feel like I need a translator. <laughs> I don't understand. I think it. we probably speak for the majority, frankly. But what? Do well, you think you do, really? I think you probably yeah. speak for the majority I think of so. excellent uh, brewers. Uh, better be, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, let's and be honest. She makes that point. Like, yeah. like, she tells somebody how to make their beer better. Stop drinking on brew day. Yeah. So, yeah. And maybe, uh, she might have been speaking... Uh, to you on that. No, you might no. be. Or stop drinking as much. Maybe not 15, maybe like 12. I still... Is someone else talking? I, can, there's, I feel. I think there's something wrong with my headphones today. I don't... But uh, if you want to make good beer, yeah. those are the things you have to do. If you want to brew just to brew because you enjoy it, then who that's, gives yeah, a shit? That's a great right. exactly. That's fun, too. Yes. That's what like you like to do. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You think that, the, that's fair. You think yeah, that's holding the radio that. show back? Justin drinking on show day. Yes. Don't, Scott, let's not be ridiculous. Want to right. talk about the rest of my life now, yeah. too? It's clearly Nate <laughs> that's holding it back. Yeah. Now, speaking of you liking to brew classic styles, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about this Pilsner that's in our glass right now. Yeah. I think it's your Pilsner because yes. to me, it, it, is anybody else like no. your first sip and you went, oh, did I just open a fresh Pilsner Urkel? Yeah. yeah classic. It's really good. Saw, it's got to be. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. a wonderful example of what I think would be the Pilsner Urkel type of a of a Pilsner. Yeah, you just you stay traditional. You use soft water and um, you stick with the right hops. You spend the money on the good yeast. Okay, and uh, and just pay attention. And you, I do decoction mashing. Oh, you do? I do with this one. Okay, I, I need just a little bit more of that malt. I see. So and that gives you that character. Absolutely. Okay, and a long fermentation. Okay. Uh, something different I learned when I went to visit Pilsner Quell. They're only three weeks, start mm. to finish. I was shocked with that one. But um, what is my, yours? Mine goes about five weeks at forty-eight solid. Stays right in the primary fermenter for five weeks. Five weeks. Forty-eight. Sometimes I'm lucky and I'll hit four weeks, but I don't look at it until four weeks. I leave it alone. Okay. I leave it alone. How come sometimes it's four and sometimes it, where's the variable there? That's a, I don't a week's know. a long time, I, isn't it? Well, it is, but I sometimes the, the yeast, I don't know. Sometimes the yeast is just a little bit more sluggish. Mm. But generally it's 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 four weeks and I'm right on point. Do you take five. a measurement or just, you know, visually by looking at it? No, no, I'll look at the top and make sure that it's cleared and everything's dropped. Right. But I then I'll do a measurement. Absolutely. All right, we're going to talk about this. If you stick with us for Schwartz beer, I, when I, I'm going to ask you about my fermentation, too. Yeah. So, and this cycle that you do and, and, and what I'm doing. I'm so. a firm believer in don't touch it. Okay. <laughs> now, you mentioned soft water. What do you do to your water to, to make it soft water? Distilled. I use distilled water. Oh, you do? And then you build it? 50%. 50% distilled. So... Are you adding other salts to it then, or are you just no, taking your tap just, water and then 50% distilled? Yeah, you can use filter your, if you have a water filter. Sometimes mm-hmm. I hook it up, sometimes I don't. Okay. It, you know, um, wherever you are, however your water tastes, mm-hmm. 
and then I use the other half. Okay. 50%. I just go to the store and I buy jugs. That sounds easy Super enough. Ch- it is cheap. Yeah. I mean, you can mimic that. You okay. know, you know, Tacey, you can I mimic. I use RO water, so thank RO, okay, so he's fancy. And then he builds yeah. it after that. But you're not even really doing it. You just take half and half. Half and half. You oh, do I like that, that method. You do that for every beer, Annie, or just their, this pills in particular? Just my um, Czech Pilsners. Okay. Czech pills. Yeah. And then you also said that you you don't skimp on the yeast. So what what do you like to use for this? For this, I use the White Labs Platinum Strain. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Just go right for it. For house lagers, I I love Fermentus S23. Okay. Is Fermentus dry yeast? I I always forget. It is. Okay. And it's fantastic. Okay. I'm a huge cheerleader for dry yeast. Okay. Is that... Is that recent for you, or have you no, always? No, I okay. always have loved USO five. Okay, I mean, I think it's uh, it's great. You can use it for a lot of different kinds of ales, and okay, it I goes like super it. dry. Yeah, it does, and I like their dry ale yeast too. Mm-hmm. And their new T fifty eight, the Trappist high gravity yeast, is fantastic if you're just doing a you know maybe a Belgian dark at home. Okay, I have never used dry dry yeast in uh, in eight years. You should try it. Go back to it. It's um, it's pretty good stuff. Okay. Really good. And there's seven available for homebrewers. Yeah, that's a lot more than it used to be. It used to be just a couple, right? When yeah, yeah. now it's yeah. seven. And they've got a, uh, for German wheats, they have a dry. And oh, wow. I think you're you're pouring um, uh, my version of Denny Kahn's uh, Wee Shroomy. Yep. Strong <laughs> co- scotch on, I used uh, three pounds of organic. Chanterelle mushrooms. Oh, really? Yeah. Just one more question about the pills yeah, before oh, yeah, we yeah. move to that. Is this the Pilsner that advanced in the homebrew competition? Uh, no, this Pilsner is the one that won the Pilsner Quell Master Homebrewer Competition. Oh, that's right. You won that. Uh, yes. And what did you, you want a trip to Pilsen for that? I did. I won a trip for two to Pilsen. Wow. That's to, cool. Yeah, to brew with the um, Botslav Burka. How was that? Oh, it's cool. Sounds cool. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, they picked me up. I mean, they chauffeured me to the airport. They, ah. you know, they held the little sign. You got the royal treatment. Yeah, they put me up. I was uh, right nice. down uh, at uh, Wenceslas Square, beautiful okay. hotel, and I had a driver. Really? I did. I went to the uh, Pivovar is it because, Museum. Is it because Pilsen is dangerous and they were worried about you? No, or no, because no, they're no generous? they chauffeured me from Prague to Pilsen. Okay. Otherwise, you have to take a train or a bus. But oh, it's, oh. A, it's an hour and a half. It's like Sacramento. So you had a driver. Francisco. How nice. I had a driver yeah. and I had a tour guide. And um, the hotel in Pilsen is, looks right at the brewery. Wow. It's gorgeous. And that brewery is gorgeous i bet it is and it's it's probably you know it's a traditional beer right but yes. i i actually picture a pretty high-tech brewery nowadays it is they they still have the caves underground and then they brew their benchmark the beer the way that it was brewed 170 years ago the the very same way so these huge wooden vats down below oh really and you can have the unpasteurized unfiltered Pilsner Quell. Oh, that's got to be good. Whoa, it is really good. Creamy of it. It was really good. But on this private tour, I was like, I could have all I want. I wasn't just like one of the regular yeah. people you that came in. <laughs> I'm like, I'll have it. And then I brewed on our, their pilot system. Okay. They have a, nice. I think it made a 60 gallon, 60 gallon uh, pilot okay. brewery with their uh, um, 
one of their other um, brewers that they have there. That's been there the long. That's oh, cool. Cool. And then, and then I, 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 they make um, two hundred sixty thousand gallons a day. A day. Oh, wow. A day. See, that surprises That's more me than I about the, that their pilot system, I would <laughs> yeah. have expected it still to be large by other brewer standards. But that's, 60 gallons, is that's pretty modest. And they showed me their little brewer's room, and they, they're they just getting into experimenting with, they love Citra Hop. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> they like that. And then they also have a sister brewery on the same grounds called Gambrinus. Which only does 150,000 gallons a day. Oh, that's all? Yeah. Oh. Uh, but they, most of the beer that they make, um, half of it is domestic. Okay, really? Consumption. Yeah. Czech Republic. They like their beer. Huge oh, beer per capita consumption. Huge. I bet they drink while they're brewing. Oh, they do. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to have a good, they, they like to eat, too. Oh, yeah. That stinky cheese, you know. Yeah. It smells like uh, baby's toes. Oh, I got to go to Pilsen. Toe jam. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but very cool, nice, loving, lovely people. How do you win the, is it a nationwide yeah. competition? Or? It was a nationwide. They had a legs in New York, Chicago, and San Francisco. Okay. And then I went because... I had been brewing the Czech Pilsner, and it had won some state fair and some other competitions. But when I read about this one, it was uh, being judged by Václav himself. Wow! So and and how was, cool is that? So you it know you you know you had a good one. Yeah, and, and he you should be his, in the mix. He did. He put his arm around me. He said. It was the best beer. I felt like I was at home. Wow. He could I taste, knew he wasn't blowing that's smoke pretty big at my He could taste yeah. the decoction and the extra time. And, that, and, wow. so, and you're yeah. doing it super traditional. The, yeah. That's quite I, an honor to him, for him to yeah. say. It was very, very, it was a great honor. Right. Tasty, I used to think you were a big deal. <laughs> well, uh, John Rogue said to me one time, or John uh, uh, from Rogue. John Meyer, yeah. John Meyer said, uh, you make good beer tasty. I remember that to this day. I'm sure I'm sure you can relate to what uh, yeah. It's, yeah. A good, it's a good was. feeling, yeah. It is. It when, is a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. These are These are some brewing idols I'm here, just not so. saying it just to be saying it. They actually meant it. Yeah. Wonderful. Is the is the bad of the, the baby diaper stuff from the early days worse <laughs> than the good of something like from this brewmaster? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you hate losing more than you like winning? I guess is what I'm asking. No, I I I don't any I don't hate losing anymore. I don't enter as much anymore. Mm. Once in a blue moon. Okay. Maybe once every two years. That's probably good for other brewers entering that competition. It but sounds the, like. But that what Vaclav told me. I I that I prob I that was great. That's I'll never get hired. Well, the AHA was kind of cool. cool, but the <laughs> <laughs> but having a real brewer, uh, and he's the fifth brewer, master brewer in the history of the brewery. His dad and his grandpa were the other. Wow. And there was two other ones before them, but I always that like, meant a lot to me because I spent an incredible yeah. amount of time brewing. I don't know, Tasty. I take years and devote them to styles. I took three years, nothing but Belgium. You don't stop right away. Since you yeah. make a good one, you're not done. You're I go, yeah, and I try to get, just stay in with the style and and, yeah. and master those. Mm. Spend a long time on them and get them right. Yeah. And drink a lot of commercial beer. I, I do like that. Yeah, sure. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, research. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're so the same program there. So the Pilsner's no exception. You spent years on that recipe is what you're saying. I did. Okay. I spent a long time perfecting the, the Czech Pilsner. Yeah. Because it is so different. Right. It's the water. It's, you know, when they say it's the water, it really is the water. Okay. You have a lot of patience. I do. 
Yeah. I am patient. Yeah. You are very patient. I'm just comparing you to, to me and, and you have an enormous <laughs> amount of patience. That's what I realize. You have the exact she opposite seems, amount. She also seems very nice. Yeah. yeah and, and, and happy. Where's that floating voice? And competent. <laughs> that's from Beverly behind you. <laughs> Our call for What is that voice? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's like angels crying out. Did that loveliness come from one of you douchebags? <laughs> <laughs> right. She also seems very nice. All right. Let's do this. Uh, I got to take a quick break. Yeah. Uh, We've got some more beer in our glass from Annie. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Also, Bevo is now here to take your questions, so call 888-401-BEER if you'd like to speak with Annie or ask her any brewing questions. Uh, you can also hit the chat button on our homepage. Not the one on the video page, but right there on the brewingnetwork.com. Hit the chat button, and Bevo's in there to take your questions. She'll send them over to me, and we'll ask Annie. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, 
They've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract. So you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Look, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Hey brewers, it's planting season. Have you ever dreamt of walking through your own hop garden? Well, look no further than Woodburn, Oregon and the Crosby Family Hop Farm. Blake Crosby and his family have been passionately growing hops for five generations. And right now, they're taking orders for 2014 Rhizomes for all retail and wholesale customers. The Crosbys know how to grow hops and are here to help you establish your family's very own successful hop garden. In fact, when you plant a hop rhizome from the Crosbys, you're using the same plant your favorite professional brewer bought his hops from. Friendly professional service, fast shipment, and quality hops at competitive prices. The Crosby family brings all of this to you. Call 503-982-5166 or visit bcrosbyhops.com and let Blake Crosby and the Crosby Hop Farm help make your hop garden a reality. bcrosbyhops.com Hops from the Crosby family farm to yours. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. into this session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. All right. 888-401-BEER. That's our phone number if you want to ask Annie Johnson, the 2013 Home Brewer of the Year, any questions. You can also hit the chat button on our homepage and get me your questions that way. I've got some more of Annie's beer in front of me. I wanted to remind you just real quick before that, that you can go to homebrewstuff.com, one of our wonderful homebrew shop sponsors, and enter the March Homebrew Madness competition. They're giving away free items every week in March, leading up to the 
final at the end of March, uh, where they'll be giving away a uh, jockey box setup. So uh, it's a great time to go purchase from homebrewstuff.com. You can go to homebrewstuff.com slash promotions. You'll find the page right there. Just click on March Homebrew Madness. You'll see how to do it. But uh, the more you uh, purchase, the more you're entered to win. And no purchase necessary as well if you just want to send a uh, postcard over to Homebrew Stuff with your information on it. But go check them out. They're good people, and they're giving away some cool stuff all through March for March Homebrew Madness at homebrewstuff.com. Annie, what's the beer that we have in our... Well, you have a different one than me now, but uh, you mentioned it just before the break, and it's one of Denny Kahn's uh, beers. Yeah, it's the Wee Shroomy. The Wee Shroomy. <laughs> I'm shocked that Denny Kahn would have invented such a, uh, a recipe. <laughs> uh, Strong Scotch Ale and then aged or matured on chanterelle mushrooms. What do you think that does to the beer? It gives it this earthy um, apricot note. I get a stone fruit. and Definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I get that, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's delicious. It sounds like an odd combination when you yes. mention it, of course, but tasting it, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and I would worry, I guess, that the earthiness was too much, like that it, you know, that it would taste like dirt. But yeah. it doesn't. It's a, it's still very subtle. Mm-hmm. And in what form are, are the mushrooms in? Are they just fresh? Or? Fresh mushrooms, no. and then uh, you take them, you wash them, chop them. Uh, you don't have to mince them, just chop them. Okay. And then uh, try to displace, put them in a Ziploc and displace the air. I use the water method where you stick it in a bucket of water and push all the air out. Yeah, okay. And then freeze it. Oh. Until you're ready to use them. Okay. And then you rack your finished beer on top of the mushroom. I see. And, and how it, long? Do you, age uh, it? you want to go a good three weeks. You okay. could go two or four, but you know, after a while, you, you, enough is enough. Yeah. Kind of like with dry hopping, enough is enough. <laughs> <laughs> I have to know. Did you did you taste the mushrooms when you when you racked off and they were? Of course, there at the I did. Of I the... thought maybe I could you know barbecue with these, but then no, <laughs> they were they weren't very good anymore. <laughs> no, well, they, they probably were just like chewy beer at that point. All their flavor was gone. Yeah, they looked a little odd. <laughs> Unless <laughs> they looked bad, yeah. yeah. I'm not serving that to guests. No. <laughs> it came out wonderful. This is another nice beer that you have here. Uh, you say that you like to met, to to brew, you know, classic uh, styles of mm-hmm. beer. Is there a particular style that uh, is near to your heart? Um, probably what you just drank, the Czech Pilsner. That's I love that. Okay, you can tell it's wonderful. It just clearly has so much uh, TLC into it, you know. Yeah, I, I I really enjoy that. I haven't gotten too much into um, the German lagers, not oh, cool. as much as I want to. Okay, but I'm I'm trying I'm I'm devoting my time to that now. Okay, yeah, but I I do like uh, I do love American amber that style. You do? I do. I, I like. There are a couple of breweries, um, big breweries in Northern California. I think that make them that they're phenomenal. It's an interesting one that you mentioned because a lot of uh, of beer nerds were will kind of poo poo that style as uh, being yeah, too generic. You know, they shouldn't. I mean, it, it is truly a Californian thing. The California Red, yeah, the Red Tail. <laughs> the I mean, the great history of of you know Mendocino mm-hmm. brewing. I mean, I love the style. Okay, and if you have them right, I mean, you got to have balance. That one really deserves a nice malt backbone, yeah, and good hop flavor that come in at yeah. the end to finish it off with the nice bitterness. It's easy to assault beers, mm-hmm. but I think and Tacey probably comment on this and Nate and the rest of you that you got to let your beer do its thing and mature. Yeah, so get a 
calendar and brew on a schedule so you have things going so you don't rush something off and sure jam it through full of co2 and shake the crap out of the corny <laughs> St- stop doing that yeah. Yeah. Annie, did i leave stop. the video camera on in my brew house or, uh, i saw that you did? Well, <laughs> yeah for a lot of homebrewers it's the exact opposite yeah. They're, they are shake they're they're trying to make a beer in 14 days and get it on somebody's. Yeah. Uh, and they're always table. saying, oh, those last two pints were pretty good. Tr- those first <laughs> yeah, couple yeah. words oh, were yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. Gee, that's funny. I did do, there was, um, there's a, a little mini beer festival at Rogue's Hop Farm in Independence. And it's bring the hoppiest beer you can. And I am guilty of just trying to make a really big hop bomb. And then I didn't quite have it <laughs> carbonated. So I hooked it up and... I have a VW van. I carbonated the whole way driving there to. Yeah. And then I'd stop for. Yeah, I'd stop for gas and like shake, 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 shake. What year VW van do you have? 87 Westfalia. Very nice. I have a 79 Westfalia. And I've I've done the same thing going down to the SoCal Homebrew Fest with a beer where I just hooked it up to CO2, put it. I have a trailer and, yeah, same thing. It wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine was a little, you know, a little, a little yeah. flat. Here I thought it was funky. a brilliant idea. I was like, I'm saving time, I'm driving. I need sh- to. But, yeah. yeah, not so much. But well, you can't polish a turd. So. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Is there some ratio where, like, the earlier the year, the more it shakes or something? Probably. <laughs> I, I yeah, that actually, yeah, I think so. so <laughs> maybe yours is just too new, Annie. That's the problem. I think so. Have you ever, uh, do you guys know Vince um, yeah. from Two Rivers? Two Rivers, yeah. Yeah, he's got a 58 oh, Safari. Oh, split window, yeah. Oh, bitch and van. Oh, I gotta go see yeah, that. Yeah, with the taps out of the side. Oh, okay. He but probably I, carbonates no problem. No problem, because he's got the full-on <laughs> rumble. <laughs> Yeah. He's going 48 in the fast lane. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of Van that old had carbs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, okay. It does. It's we got fuel injected. Orange Brew on the phone, and uh, Orange Brew's got a question for you, Annie. Hey, Orange. Hi, Orange. Hey, Annie. Uh, how you doing? Uh, just uh, wanted to give you much respect for your win. Um, great win. Thank you. Um, my question was, thank you. Um, my question was as to yeast, or do you use uh, some kind of uh, home yeast, or do you uh, buy something commercially? All all the kinds of yeast that I use is that what you're asking? No, no, for no, the of course not. What, just for currently. Oh, like a house yeast? Yeah, do you have a house yeast, or do you when when you're when you're going for a new style, do you do you go with a, a commercial yeast? Oh, good question. When I'm making just a my own Annie Johnson generic version of, say, an amber or um, a pale ale or mm-hmm. uh, a wheat beer, I will just use probably a dry yeast, one of Safale, a fermentous dry yeast. But when I'm going for a, if I want to crack a classic style, I'll shell out the dough and I'll get the specific strain. Yeah. And because why yeast and white labs really have those covered. But you're not plating any yeast and keeping no, it in your freezer. Uh, and this is yours. A, no, and, I have a couple that okay. I'll keep in uh, mason jars. All right. Um, but I do do some yeast washing and some saving and and carry them out. Maybe I'm not a huge fan of long generations, but maybe two is as much as I'm willing to go. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Thanks for the call, Orange. I appreciate that. Uh, here's a question for you. You mentioned earlier, I think it's when you were talking about uh, having a job in uh, veterinary uh, uh, pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that you uh, used peristaltic pumps. 
Peristolic? Yeah. Someone wanted to know how you used it. Well, I don't even know what it is, by the way. uh, It's a wait. It's a pump that's probably the size of a shoebox that weighs eighty pounds. Oh. (laughs) But what you do with that is that it pumps in the silicone tubing without air. So Uh, it mm -hmm. you thread the silicone tubing through it and turn it on, and it has uh, varying speeds, and then it runs it through. I see. So you could stop it. You know, wherever you want, and the liquid would stay anywhere in the tube. It like milks it rather than than sucks it, right? Exactly. It presses on the tube. Yeah, I understand. Okay. This is a great thing. And I mean, in the early days, we had a filling bell in the stand, and we just took uh, silicone tubing on the filling bell, and that's how I used to bottle my beer with the pump. It was a great thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. Okay. You don't use it anymore. I still have it. I haven't used it lately. I had a beer gun, but when I went through my des- despair and sold it <laughs> for five dollars, <laughs> can I get that back? I know who I sold it to. Yeah. I um now I I'm a guilty of shoving a tube on the end of the tap or just filling at a very low pressure. Yeah, I did that with my light logger. I just filled it off the tap. Okay, the tilted the bottom. Tasty knows a lot about that one. Yeah, you get you, you do it I enough do. and you. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to get too fancy. The only words I want, I think I did. I could never figure out the, the counter pressure. You won the National Home Brewers. Uh, by by filling your bottles. By, by doing it the same way, right? You out know, of a you, faucet? Yep. Out of the, yeah. Right out of the tap. Right. Pulled it off. Wow. I, I need the gun, I think. I don't what? bottle anyway because it's a whole other step. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I only bottle. <laughs> something to do. If yeah. it's a competition or a Belgian that needs. Yeah. Yeah, and you want to do your Belgians right. Yeah. So you got, Does that mean yeah, you got to... Lo- you're going to spend all that money on a high-gravity beer with the right Trappist yeast or whatever in the the process with all those complicated step mashing. So you'll Give bottle condition it, then? Yeah, those. absolutely. Yeah, just I'll to fail at the end. Put them in champagne bottles and I'll do a cork in a cage. And Do you worry then after all that time like your and money that... that the carbonation is inconsistent by naturally carbonating in bottles. No, I don't. You've dialed I mean, it, it in. Yeah, and you can. This is a terrible way to Google it, but there are <laughs> way, there are tables. Yeah, and and it, it's you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And they're pretty it, darn it, accurate. Exactly. There is a time when in brewing there you can you have to use the math. Yeah, and you have to use math, yeah. and you can do it just right. Lately, I've been experimenting with. Um, uh, carbonating in the in my corny with champagne yeast. Oh yeah. Sometimes I'm afraid I walk by it's gonna blow up, take my legs <laughs> off. Yeah. But well, uh, wait, wait, wait. carbonating in the corny. In the corny with champagne yeast with high gravity. And when, how many volumes do you think you get up to? I mean, in the. Corny. I think I can get about up to two point eight. Uh, I think. Yeah, okay. those things take like sixty psi. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I didn't, uh, and they start okay. to fail. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, they're made for soda, you know. That's right. They do. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. They're, it, it's, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And does the math work the same? I was too lazy to bottle for that one. So <laughs> I just said... <laughs> Everybody's next, too lazy to bottle. I knew exactly that I needed, you know, I needed a, 140 grams of corn sugar. Okay. And I knew exactly how much yeast, so I just plopped it in. And how'd it come out? Terrific. Yeah. I may. Oh, I think I drank that one the other day. Sorry. The whole five gallon keg. Good <laughs> no, for you. No, no, I brought a bottle and Annie. I drank. <laughs> I did it with a. Uh, we did it with a golden drac clone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Which is, nice. I, it's a weird beer, but good. Yeah. But it's like a alcoholic it's really, pineapple candy. Really hoppy. Yeah, it's good though. It's yeah. really good. 
What is the beer that you poured us uh, me here, Moss? Uh, this is the amber, right? Oh, this is the amber. I, I don't. Is. I didn't get any. Oh, well, you've had it before, right? God. Yeah, I've had it before. <laughs> now, see, Annie, this amber would change every naysayer's mind about the oh, and amber is bland it's and not it's bland such at a all. generic. Yeah. Right. There is nothing bland about no, this. There's a lot going on. Yeah, a lot of great flavor. Uh, I like this one. Uh, it, tell us about the recipe here. Um. <clears throat> The, uh, this adds probably something that you wouldn't put in um, amber. Is a, I use a little bit of chocolate malt. Okay. And it has victory and your two-row and your crystal. All right. So, yeah. And some American hops, I, I would assume. I do. I use a Magnum for a bittering, mm-hmm. and then I use my old standby, old school, Cascade Just Centennial. <laughs> yeah. And then you just go with them because they work really well together. They taste That must be old school, too, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but you get good flavor with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The, the, let's the malt shine through. This is a malt-forward beer. It is, yeah. and that's a, a, yeah. This yeah. one is my first blue ribbon I ever won. Oh. Um, this is the same recipe. Same one. You just kept, you got it right, and you just kept it there. Yeah, that's my house beer. Do you dry hop this mm-hmm. as well? No, but no, you no. could. Yeah. It, it, you could if you want that, but I, I don't. I don't think it's needed. I may have but... ran out of hops, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's needed, but I don't think it, I certainly wouldn't ruin the beer if you did. No, of You'd course get some you more, can. That's yeah. what you can do. That's the beauty of home brewing. Yeah. Taste your beer along the way. Just don't stick to that. You have that recipe, but taste it along the way. Sometimes sure. you that's when you learn to pull back and okay. or add more, you know. If you're just tuning in, 888-401-BEER. I also see some of your questions coming through the chat button, uh, chat room. You just hit the chat button on uh, the homepage there. What What is your brew system uh, like? What have you been brewing on? I brew. I have a sculpture, homemade. Okay. Um, it's wood. <laughs> oh. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, and it's Blickman Boilermakers. Why is that okay? If I said... In the, that I was going to brew on wood, pe- then everyone in this room would say, great, you're yeah. going to catch yourself on fire again. You're well, drinking too much. Because <laughs> oh, it's you. Right? How yeah. is it okay to, to have a wooden stand? That's uh, easy. Yeah? Yeah. You, I mean, they Just, make the, what are the, what's that box burner called? The Like the Camp Chef? Oh, no. it's uh, It's got a name. I the can't... Bayou Burner? No. <laughs> That's the Camp Chef. No, oh. it's an actual, is it? Uh, it's metal and it's it's they're up this high. You know, okay, the, so it and the Blackman is the... on stainless steel. And it's on mini legs. I see the Bayou Classic. The, uh, no, stainless? the Blickman. She's using the burner. Blickman one. Oh, the Blickman burner. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're they're a little pricey. They're about one fifty a pop. But I think it's called the Blickman burner. Yeah, it is just the Blickman <laughs> burner. <laughs> Okay, uh, so that shields the wood is what you're saying, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And you put down, if you want, you can put down some tile if you want, or ceramic, or whatever, blast shield, I don't yeah. know. But uh, it, it's easy. I, I would... used to just brew um, off with my Sobco kegs. Oh, yeah. I'm not plugging Sobco, but they're you're really okay. good kegs, the uh, yeah. Sobco. Um, and I got it outfitted. Well, I actually, I think about the Universal Kettle, and then I'm got attachments for okay but that's my favorite the thing only in the thing... whole wide world is my sobco is that right i love that thing so tell me about this on those kettles because i had a it wasn't a, a sobco kettle it, it was just a converted keg you know yeah. one of my first ones but the problem was the way that i had it cut or the person before me had it cut yeah they left part of the top on there so that so that in other words, um, the the heat couldn't go directly out on the sides because it still curved around. And I had more boilovers than I've ever had in my life with that. 
Is you, your, do yours just kind of go straight up? Do they cut out the whole top? Yeah, mine's a very clean yeah. opening. And then it even, I can put a, a, a pot lid from one of my caffalons. They will pots. actually sit right there. It yeah. sits right on top. And I only put that on when I need uh, bring it up to a boil. Okay. Yeah. The rest of the time you're just letting it Yeah, you got you got to have it off. You okay. Know, you need that. You need the hops need to blow off their volatiles. Volatile. That's help. You don't want to keep that stuff in. No, don't suppress them. Let them breathe. Okay. <laughs> what about at the end? What about, you know, you and Tacey, you could help answer this too. You know, you do your whirlpool yeah. at the end. Yes. Do you, do you put the top on it then? Or do you just leave? If you're, let me, let me uh, clarify. I use a um, a plate chiller, so I'm not you, I'm not chilling in the kettle. So it's it's basically staying hot until I remove it from the kettle. Right? Would you put the lid on then at the end during the whirlpool, and why? Or, or would you leave it off then too? You could, you could if you yeah. use a plate. Yeah. Yeah, as long as it's, uh, as long above, as it's hot. above 165 or so, then yeah. it's fine. Leave the lid off, and just it, things might fall in there. A bird might come by or something. <laughs> I but had other than that. that. Yeah. Oh, you did. <laughs> I had oh, great. Shit happens. So, yeah. Yeah. Raven, uh, as yeah. bird should oh. say, son. Uh, I put the lid on mine. <laughs> you do put the lid on yours. Yeah, but I, you know, I do a ninety-minute boil. So I, have to, I don't. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people say, well, if you if you don't do a ninety-minute boil and you put the lid on, you may get some DMS. It starts the precursor to DMS forming on the lid of the of the kettle. Okay, and then dropping back in. That's kind of what I was getting at. But yeah. if you're at a if you're nice ninety-minute boil, you're doing a ninety-minute boil, you've you've, uh, you've gotten all out of there. Okay, all right. I had a couple more questions come through the chat here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What's the most unusual beer style that you've brewed? Uh, you know, saying that you like to brew classic styles. This listener wants to know if you do some unusual stuff. I did, um, th- the dais. I did my version of a dais. Uh, and it was awesome because at that time when I was learning to do it, uh, I think I did it in 05, uh, BYO had magazine had an article on it. I remember it. that. Did you do the riddling discourse? I did everything, also? and That's the Maltos cool. Falcons, who are great, yeah, uh, they had posted uh, videos where they did freezing the neck so they could yep. pop the yeast plug. Oh yeah, but that was probably my most involved difficult beer. Okay, but it was terrific and it was well worth. It. I mean, it's fermented with three different kinds of yeast. Wow. Right. Yeah, you have your you make a dark or a Belgian strong golden. Okay, and then uh, you introduce five pounds of sugar through the course of that fermentation. Okay, and with a wine yeast at the same time. Yes. Okay, and then you use um, a champagne yeast at the end. It's wow, cool! It's, a, bear, it's a hard beer to make, but uh, yeah, this I mean, is about, probably my most challenging beer I ever. There's made. about two commercial years. That one and the Malheur Brut. Yes, from the same town or same area. Yes, yeah. they're both pretty. Interesting, awesome examples. Mm-hmm. Not many homebrewers have, have tried that. It's, so, a, it's a challenge, but I, I encourage all homebrewers. So when you get that yeast plug out, you mm-hmm. have to cap it back? You pop that yeast plug, you know, you pop the crown uh, cap, pop the yeast plug, and then you give it a dosage of a sugar and the yeast and a little bit of spice if you wanted to. I think mm. coriander is what Maltose Falcons did. Okay. And then you pound in the cork and cage it up. Okay. And then you let it sit. Wonderful. And do its thing. Yeah, it's cool. That's cool. I'm not the only one that notices every now and then that Nate is like a fucking encyclopedia, right? <laughs> yeah. like, like a guest will come in and mention an article from 1996, and oh, he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. and did you yeah. did you use the three yeasts or not? It's just like that. Like yeah. gotta, the, you're well, like that an one, encyclopedia. Well, I don't know. That one I just happened to remember because I just happened to 
uh, have a beer of that style about the time they published that article. And I thought it was just the coolest thing, like a champagne mm. style beer, and that they actually, I've never tried it, but I've always meant to. I don't and think, Annie's one I of think the, it's that you're an encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they quoted you in the fourth paragraph, right, Annie? <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> all right, I'll take it. For all the things I've probably forgotten, I'll, I'll take the credit. So speaking of unusual styles, you guys want to try Annie's IPA? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, here, here it comes. All right, so while we're getting that IPA out, I we got to talk to you about this. So you have a, a I think it's a new job for you. Yes. Uh, is, who are you working for now? Uh, Pico Brew. The Pico Brew, and they make this... Explain it to me. It's, it's sort of an automated brew system, it may, right? It's a brewing appliance. Okay. It's an all-grain brewing appliance that is small enough to sit in your kitchen. Okay. And it's beautiful because it's stainless steel, what most brewers like. Yep. Everybody loves the stainless. And it does all-grain brewing, and it uses the corny keg to heat the mash water. Oh. And then it cycles it through the appliance itself through a filter full of grain and it has cages in the back which hold your hops okay and then it just recycle uh, recirculates and you can program in any step because it's a web-based program so any temperature any kind of mashing schedule that you want yeah and then it goes through the process and then it cycles through the grain and then you get your mash and it heats it up to a boil and then it cycles through each cage of the hops Okay. And then you and then it cools it down cuz it has a heat exchanger. Wow. You can either use the heat exchanger in the machine or you can detach and if you got to go, you can put that into your fermentation chamber and let it cool down to your pitching temperatures and pitch your yeast and it ferments in the corny. And then from the corny you need to either pump that into another corny or put it into bottles. This sounds amazing. It's pretty cool. I read about it, and I was immediately skeptical. Like, I've read a lot of nasty comments from homebrewers. But, you know, any kind of thing that's good Mm -hmm. that involves people, gets them interested in the hobby, Mm -hmm. I can't see it as anything bad. It doesn't hurt anybody's... Of course not. But if you're a big brewer like Tasty, good brewer... Yeah. Um... This is the kind of machine for someone like Tacey or myself, who's more who's been established brewing a long time, to do tests. So you, mm. you can do yeast recipe development. Recipe development. Mm. You can test. Oh, you know what? There's different, so many different, different kinds hops. of hops now. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You got the, now. You have this all these new hops from New Zealand. All these new hops coming out. So you can do all kinds of things, and you can split batches. I do that currently now. I will make very small batches and test different kinds of yeast so okay. i can get three different kinds of beer from mm. one small batch and it's also utilized by um there's a brewery in seattle fremont that used it as a prototype they have that beer in a can now it's, it's oh really so that's their yeah. pilot brewery it's their pilot brewery uh white labs has a prototype that okay. they've had for i think it'll be a year in uh this summer excellent that they can use to you know be, Brew a batch of wort, and you've got your different yeast. Mm-hmm. Run your tests on it. So it's got something for everyone. Yeah, I feel like it's got something for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like set it and forget it. How two thousand? He's more good about that forgetting it thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you I mean, it's a all grain batch, so it does take hours, just like it does. Sure, but, it's a real commitment. Yeah, but that's and okay. you know, well, professional brewers load things up, and if they're not adding their own, you know, the only thing that they're doing at some points are. Adding hops, yeah, themselves, or if they're a 
giant brewery. They've got everything. Even they have the yeah the machines yeah, to do it. So exactly. it, it takes it so I can go work on my Volkswagen while my beer's brewing. Absolutely. And, and you can drink on brew day. Yeah. And it fits like, uh, yeah, and it's 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 uh, it's about the size I say about a 1975 microwave. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's on my kitchen counter right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, mine yeah. too. <laughs> See? I, neat now, if if I get... By the way, you can go to uh, picobrew.com if you want to learn more about it. Check it out right now. Yeah. Uh, it, does it say in the manual, like, don't drink on brew day? Because I won't get one if it says... Yeah. You know what? With the Pico Brew, you can drink on brew yeah. day. Yeah. There you go. All right. There's there a, you go. You craft your recipe, no you load it up. Yeah, okay. And lately I've been running efficiency tests, oh. and I've been pulling out uh, 1084 starting gravity out of 10 pounds of grain. Wow. That yeah. sounds really good. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, you just do things to alter the crush mm-hmm. and things. And and stuff that they did at Pico Brew long before I got there, they do a lot of independent lab testing. Okay. So they're hitting their SRM, they're hitting the IBUs. They're hitting the alcohol. So it's not them just, here, I put this together and it works great. Yeah. yeah it has to be validated, you know, by a, a non-partial. Sure. Yeah. Well, so, it's also, it's to be honest with you, it sounds like a very complicated, internally, it sounds like a very complicated piece of equipment. So it I'm is. sure there's some serious testing. They've got some, a terrific software team. The founder of the company, Bill Mitchell, he was uh Senior vice president at Microsoft for twenty years, wow. but a home brewer. Okay, the, I, why Did they're the always the, they're always the engineers. Yeah, they're always the software goobs. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. they're all goobs. Yeah, they're goobs. Nate they're... is nodding knowingly. Goobs. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I'm one of them. I know it. Yeah, and his brother, who works with him as well, Jim, is a food scientist. And their grandfather was with. Uh, I'm going to say General Mills, but I probably got it wrong. Hmm. But it was in, invented Tang. Oh, yeah. Cool Whip. Wow. Pop Rocks. Yep. So they've got this. Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks. This is a genius. Three of my favorite yeah. things. Pop Rocks. <laughs> so they've got this funky gene in them that is, yeah. there's a little bit of brilliance and mad scientists involved there. And I got together with another guy, Avi, who is was a hardware engineer at, at Microsoft. And they just said, let's let's do this. It's my vision. Let's get it together. And and I read about it, and I was um, really skeptical. Yeah. Like mm. a lot of people, homebrewers, like, what, what do you do? Hey, I've been brewing for 18 years. Yeah. Put out this oh, crap. It's, it's <laughs> the old robots are taking our jobs. Exactly. Yeah. At the time, I I was going through a period. My father, he just passed away. So I was on my way to go to the hospital and say my goodbyes. And I had that newspaper article and I was talking to him. So, Dad, there's these chumps up in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, chumps, but <laughs> right. And uh, he and uh, he didn't answer back, which probably was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but then I sent an email, and they said, "Come, we'll come see it." You know, I don't. I so I, okay, I'll come. Wait, wait, wait. Did you send them uh, your criticism, or an email arrived out of the blue? No, I sent it to them. <laughs> You're like, well, I don't know what you guys are thinking. Why? Well, if anybody knows me, they know, they know I'm a little a part nice gal, yeah. patient, but a little bit of a hag. And, and sometimes vocal a bitch. about yeah. your opinions. Uh, yes, very so opinionated. you sent your opinions along to them? Y- kind of a, do you know who I am ah. video. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I sent one of those, and I put links in there. Yeah. Here, you can Google me if you don't Check already know out. the name. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I got a, a nice email back, probably, I think, within a few hours from, from Bill himself. And uh, he, he said, well, come over for lunch, because the machine also functions as a sous vide, okay. because it is a water, can okay. do a water bath. So they said, come uh, over for sous vide lunch. And so I had steak and salad, and I brought beer. And How does a sous vide salad taste? Well, sous vide salad is terrible. <laughs> sous, vide, sous vide steak is good. Yeah. So I just hung out with them for uh, almost three months, just going in and hanging out. He said, please hmm. brew on it whenever you want. And then he said, can we buy some of your recipes to sell with the machine? Oh. And I'm like, Wow. Yeah, but you can get them on the internet for free. <laughs> but, yeah. These Microsoft guys, you had to teach them about the internet. Yeah, they, don't, yeah. they think everything's licensed. <laughs> yeah, by then they were priceless. They're worth millions. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were really you're like, you should try this device. It's yeah. made by Apple. And, and I, uh, yeah. And I, at the time, I, I've been recovering from a illness, so I wasn't working. And he said, well, we would love it if you would... Er, consider working with us you can work part-time you can work full-time like whoa whoa what would i do (laughs) wow he said well you create our recipes and brew them on the machine i'm thinking well okay (laughs) that's great yeah and it was a huge boost for me personally because i i had been sick for so long and Mm, i yeah it was awesome and it was a i got a little emotional when he told me i'm like okay but yeah and then i said in classic Annie fashion, it's going to have to be after the new year because I've got things to do in the next six weeks. You just put off a great job. Yeah. yeah well. like, you're going to have to wait. That's what, you know? Give me your best stuff first. I still yeah. can't believe how you, you know, if, uh, how you got the gig. If, if everybody got the gig by bitching, JP would be a millionaire by now. Oh, yeah. He'd be, have a lot of job offers. I mean, for this sure. guy would buy us yeah. out. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I think it was the first time that I really showed. I'm an Aries too, but um, that I went and kind of pushed myself onto to some people, and not to get a job. That was I never thought about that, but it was to uh, go. What are you doing with this thing? And this can't work. Yeah, the brew bot or whatever. <laughs> yeah, know. like a little chumps. Yeah, I like chumps. Totally chumps. <laughs> almost maybe a little defensive of the industry of the but home that, brewers, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a little protective. And I go yeah. in there, and uh, there it's run on intern power from University of Washington. And I am the dumbest one in this entire place. <laughs> right. They're all, well, it's your major. And I'm like, oh, I'm major. <laughs> I graduated in 1989. Just snarky so. back to, just went to your major. Don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. it. I make the beer, yeah, shithead. Exactly. I majored in two things, fuck it off. <laughs> yeah, you're not in my sorority. Sorry. When you guys so start smart. doing uh, beer conventions and stuff, you... I think you should have a Pico Brew shirt that says, I'm with the chumps. Yes. yes. Because now you are. <laughs> I brew with chumps. Yeah. I mean, these are your people now. Yeah. They're your chumps. Brew with a chump. Yeah. The Pico Brew. The Pico Brew. Once again, it's PicoBrew.com. It, I di- I, you know, we reported on this when it came out, too. Yeah. Uh, and I've watched the video. I think it's a great video. I was an instant fan. I'll be honest with you. I was not one of the naysayers because I, cause I'm a shitty brewer. I thought this is a fantastic <laughs> way to, to, for me to... I love good beer. Yeah. I know when my beer is not good. And so I like, uh, I was like, push a button, give me some good beer at home. I like this idea. Yeah, I'm trying to find a style that you can't brew. Hmm. And so far, I'm doing them all. Wow. We're doing bar- barley wines. Okay. Wow. Dark, strong, 
uh, anything with high, but also I'm going with the light. I did bring my, yeah, you know, kind of a, a, a bench test was Candice Brew, my my winner, mm-hmm. and it did, and you liked it. I did, yeah. It's 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 um, the thing about when you do the light lager and Tasty probably know this is that the to get a true light beer you have to hold a mash for at a temperature one thirty eight for about two hours. Oh, and that's the hard thing. But with this machine, it's it does it. Yeah, it's just hmm. doing. You it. can program it to do that. You, you can, can program it to do the it. Okay. I've programmed as many as six steps rest wow yeah especially some of those belgians you can do an acid rest and Hmm. all these other things but with the high uh, efficiency testing we do a debranching so the enzymes are starting to break apart and do their thing at 104 and then that can that's a homebrewers can do at home too conventional yeah well that's most homebrewer setups have trouble doing steps i mean yeah yeah that's the thing this is a way to to do a a step it's a way to do a a setting and if you're a home brewer and it's somebody made a comment that it, home brewers are frugal. That is a that I thought that was a what I, think I it's bullshit, that's man. bullshit. A yeah. good number uh, might be, but yeah. not yeah. Not yeah. See, yeah, it's no. kind of the I mean, old school yeah. stereotype. There's a money's no object, is what I say. Money is no object. <laughs> I, think, I think I, you know. I think home brewers are frugal to a to a certain point, to a degree, and then there's yeah. a saturation level where it's like, yeah. oh well, oh a, a wort chiller, I can make that, and then they'll they'll try to make it, but then anything above. You know, two hundred dollars, they'll just throw money at. Yeah. Like Absolutely. it's fun, but yeah. anything I think in that range, maybe two hundred, one hundred and under, everyone's going to bid. A really five dollars for a grain bag, I could just get my pair of my wife's nylons and exactly. use it the same thing. <laughs> but, but then they'll buy a, a or a, your a, husband's a, nylons. Yeah, a Bruce sculpture from Warby for like ten grand. Yes. So if they have a weird, a weird, um, you know, priority level of what to spend money on. Yeah, Absolutely. I always just looked at it more like they are. They like doing it themselves. It's less than less of a money thing, and There's more of a, I just want to do it yeah. myself. There's that too, but the the excuse is. Then maybe it's the catalyst for them doing they it, use money doing it themselves. Yeah. yeah, I think JP's right. It's it's weird what we do spend money on and what we won't. Yeah. For example, like even the the National Homebrewers Conference, it the ticket price for that really has to be within a range for for many of the homebrewers to go for it so we are sort of picky about what we're cheap about Absolutely. and what we're not cheap at all about yeah five dollars yeah. for bottle caps two questions <laughs> about uh, pico brew one from the li- uh, listeners and one from me yeah i don't i don't think i heard you talk about the pitching of the yeast does it do that or do you can con- oh, do you all pitch of it. that you pitch these you control the fermentation you then. control fermentation yeah. you yeah. did say it, it it ferments in the corny though it's designed it does, to do that the corny has a shortened dip tube okay uh you just a half inch off okay so you can rack out and leave the yeast cake behind right. so what it is is it it's a closed system yeah okay. so you're leaving and because you're having water recirculate through you're not ending up with any uh, particulate matter in your finished wort. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Is the uh, is the corny temperature controlled? You. It has a keg parka, and then it's and yes, the when it's cycled through, a temperature reading is taken, and you see it on a screen, mm-hmm. telling you your target and where you're hitting it, and the time. Okay. Yeah. And from the listeners, uh, are there have there been concerns? And what's your experience with the Pico Brew and and DMS? Because we're talking about that kind of off gassing, right? No DMS. Or, no DMS. How is that? No diacetyl. Well, a di- well diacetyl you can get in your um, fermentation, right? Yeah. yeah. But no DMS. How? It, where does this kind of begs the other question? Where is the steam going in my kitchen? <laughs> and and it, I mean, it's 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 hot, right? 
Well, you have your lid, and the lid is off, and there's a, um, they've developed a, a seal, keg seal, silicone, mm-hmm. has a hole in it, uh-huh. and then there's a foam trap Okay, that sticks through the top. So you have your steam is escaping. So the volatiles through the are getting... Yeah, you're, everything's leaving. Right. You, it's not like in a closed system where you don't have a lid on. But it's yeah, not, steam. then it's clearly not so much, though, that it's, you know, filling my kitchen with... No, the, but you, know, you can smell that beautiful I like that. malt and Good. The hops, yeah. Don't take that away. And the pumps are, you know, they, you're, they're very quiet. Really? I, I hope that I can come back and you can see it. Me too. Yeah, well, yeah. for sure. I'll tell you this, Andy, we're, we're just about out of time anyway, because yeah. we got another guest, but... That actually makes me happy because we can invite you back. I didn't even get to ask you about your light lager that won. Uh, that's a definitely a difficult style. We'd love yes. your input on. And then we'd like to see the Pico Brew go. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So ha- I want to try these beers, too. Yeah, you sure you don't want to do the side-by-side of the uh, of the light lagers? The, uh, the Annie System versus Pico Brew. Let's do it when we come back. Okay. Let, we'll do it okay. right when we come back from the break because good, good. we've got Fred Francis from Monster Mills who's going to be waiting on us in just a few minutes. Um, otherwise, I mean, Nate and I, our, our Schwartz Bear stories could wait, but we <laughs> want to talk about the Monster oh, yeah. Mill uh, as well. So if you've got time, at least, first of all, I'd love it if you stayed as long as you could want. Could I get but, a deal on that Monster Mill? Because I did sell mine in my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'll tell you what, we're going to hit up Fred Francis when he comes out. We're going to uh, say, look, we got what an endorsement the homebrewer of the year would be if she, if if you were using a Monster Mill, right? Absolutely. All right, we're going to work on mill. that. I wonder if the guys at Pico Brew right now are just getting inundated with, do you know who I am? I'm a homebrewer. Give me one of these things. <laughs> yeah. You guys are chumps. Chump. I'm about to send mine right now. It's the session. We'll be right back with Annie Johnson and her side-by-side beers from Pico Brew and her own system and Schwartz Beer Talk. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. As a brewer, you already don't settle for second best. You want great-tasting beer, and you want great equipment to make it with. So don't settle for the second-best grain mill. You want a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster Mills are tough, come in two- and three-roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer-lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at MonsterBrewingHardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. (laughs) Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. 
Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today when you hear blickman engineering think innovation passion quality and customer service blickman gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment at blickman they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun like the intuitive beer gun a completely different approach to filling bottles the therminator wart chiller a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow performance and the high groundwater temps home brewers face every day the brewmometer a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial the auto sparge ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry and much more like the modular top tier brewing stand conical fermenters and their boiler maker brew pots with more cutting edge equipment coming soon keep up with the latest from blickman at blickmanengineering.com and stay on the cutting edge Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the Serial Killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at the National Homebrewers Conference this June in their home state of Michigan to see more Homebrewing.org creations. The Brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at Homebrewing. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Eight 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 four zero one beer. This is the session. 
That's right. And thanks for sticking with us. We've still got Annie Johnson in the studio. We're going to get Fred Francis from Monster Brewing Hardware on here soon to talk about the Monster Mill, which Nathan Smith used in his portion of the Brewcaster Challenge. You didn't sabotage that thing, did you? Huh. It, it seemed to work well, so I don't know. It didn't go through my hands first. Otherwise, oh, okay. I, the, I am not above sabotage. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> kind of like I did with the hops for you. We'll yeah, get to that later. Kinda, we'll get to that and we'll, when we talk about Fuck Nate and the Schwartz beer. <laughs> my recipe. You know, I think that's Don't over. hold back. A.K.A. the beer that shocked the world. All right. We've got two beers in front of us before we get on to our uh, Brewcaster Challenge, and they're both from Annie Johnson, and uh, it is her award-winning American Light Lager uh, from the, that got you the Home Brewer of the Year in the national competition. One of them is brewed by Annie on her wooden system. <laughs> I say that with love, Annie. <laughs> that somehow has never caught fire. The other is brewed on her stainless steel Pico Brew Zymatic. Go to PicoBrew.com if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about. That also somehow has never caught fire. <laughs> so we just thought we'd check them out. You know, uh, we're a proof is in the pudding kind of show <laughs> around here, which I imagine you were too when they said, why don't you know, come taste it for yourself. You yes. were there to see if the beer was any good, right? That's right. So I we tried uh, several different kinds. and Would you say uh, visually identical? I would say that, yeah. yeah. It's like neg- oh. negative SRM. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure one. you didn't just pour me Bud Light? Well, <laughs> taste it. Bud Light and Coors Light. I love them both. Annie, you are a style master. First to Pilsner Urkel, and then I had I haven't had the Pico Brew one yet, but I, I've had yours, and I hope that doesn't come across as an insult when I say, "Did you pour know. me Bud Light?" What I, I mean I is, that's good. That is a that's an American Light Lager right there. Mm-hmm. That's badass. Not a flaw to be found. Annie, nope. can you hold this both up to the webcam right there in front of you, please? Mm. I could drink the Just crap out of this. Yeah, right? look at that. Look at that. <laughs> yes, well, she, she was telling Classy. us a little bit before the show. She's like, "You're going to think that you're drinking beer water, like that—that's no. the style, and <laughs> and, and that's this is what I did, <laughs> basically. Right. Yeah. Except that we, at the very least, understand that it's the style you were you were going for, and yes, actually, I have nothing but amazing things to say about that. That's that's great. It's super clean. You guys want to play some flip cup? <laughs> it does make me, yeah, a little beer pong a little bit later. It's perk up the nose. Oh, it's so good. I, could, I couldn't want to chug it. It's really good to just sit. Wow. wow. So the, maybe I don't like the Pico Bruce Zymatic. Really? Are you kidding me? Come on. It's too good. It's I too wanted, good. I just want it to be, I want it to be the brewer. I want to go, Annie's is great. I wanted the Pico Brew to be good, but not great. <laughs> It's kind of great. It's so clean. It's yeah. just like it, it's very clean. You know, and I'll yeah. I'll even say on the um on the non-pico brew cup, we have the A cup and the PB cup. Yeah. In the A cup I get a little like green apple, a little tiny bit, I think. I don't know, but I don't get it on the pico brew. Okay. That's a fair That's I get fair. A, I get a slight sulfur on the pico. That's about it. Otherwise they mm. seem really close. The Pico is clearly an award-winning beer oh, as yeah. well, oh, right? Yeah. Super I mean, clean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your palates are, are better than mine. I, if right. I was on this judging panel, I, I, I wouldn't have picked out those two things you two and, just and mentioned. And JP's probably a lot of sensitivity to acetaldehyde. I know I am for sulfur. So we're, just, we're picking. Yeah, we're picking out really minor. Yeah, I would. Yeah, well, I think and, you. 
your 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 pals are good. You're picking up some very subtle things. I think. Well, and my point for that is is you know not not to to point out a flaw, but to but to say how well the Pico brew does not yeah. only in brewing, but yeah. in the fermentation. You know, I didn't. I was I was doubtful about the you know fermenting in a corny in, in the yes. in the two and a half corny and uh, wow. Yeah, and I'm just looking for differences. It's kind it, of a stretch. Actually, They're so it's, close. You yeah. use a five-gallon. Oh, really? Yeah, that really? was for the picture. But you, you can rack into a two-gallon for serving. Because you need a little space for the crows. And, mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. five-gallon works. Maybe the Pico Brews Zymatic should be banned from brewing competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 still, I still want it in my kitchen. Yeah. And for the reasons that, that we're talking about. But maybe there should be a, a competition rule. I don't know. It's, it's really good. Well, if you come... Up north to Seattle to the lab, I've brewed Oktoberfest, Vienna Lager, more Czech Pilsner, Schwartz beer. Okay. Uh, Doppelbox, b- barley wines, double yeah. IPAs. Um, we've done some clones of some good beers like uh, Dogfish Head, Indian Brown. Yeah. I'm leaving you with some of those beers oh, here. Good. So, so if you try them in the next week or two. Cool. Great. You know, Thank you. Uh, and then awesome. just let me know. And gluten free. Yeah, I was talking about that earlier. That it, that's something if you're gluten intolerant, um, because you have to. It's such a process. You can go ahead and experiment. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Do you think that they'll want my F Nate and the Schwartz recipe? Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, they'll publish that on the site. <laughs> oh. You know what? Why not? Why not have a you know publish a. Your best brewing network yeah, yeah. recipes. We'll throw in a picture of Nate too. Yeah, and, and of course, Tasty's recipes. <laughs> Don't think that you know. I'm cracking your code. Okay, too. okay. Uh, <laughs> come in, come in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I want to. Yeah, you should try my uh, such an IPA on that. That'd be great. Yes. Can you do? Uh, uh, I have another question. I guess. Sure. You're okay. Uh, I thought you said there were, there were three hop additions. You said something about there's three chambers you can put the hops in or something in four there. four of them four so you can do up to four different hop additions yeah and then if you want to you know if you like i do the my amber i do cascade centennial at the same time you just put them in the same yeah then you put them in the same absolutely yeah, you might as well yeah sure. well, and great. you can do your dry hopping and everything that's more that than plenty I, i'm not a big fan of hops that uh, the ip way too many additions that you had in mind i my one of my things that i think i nabbed from brindleson at fire stonewalker is sometimes i bury pellets in the mash you do, oh you do yeah i'm you one of those hiders like a dog bone I hide <laughs> just a little bit yeah first mash hopping yeah yeah we had every we had bam forth in here just was it last week or the week yeah, yeah sure show and um I always try to bring up mash hopping around Charlie Bamforth. Yeah. Because every time he he blows a stack. Oh, <laughs> such crap. I don't understand <laughs> why people still do this. Yet, I don't think he likes dry our... yeast either. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He doesn't. But all of our favorite brewers, you know, Tasty included, uh, mm-hmm. Reynoldson that you mentioned, yeah, they do this mash hopping. So yeah, just it, try it. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's fun too. Why, Why not? I can't hurt anything. Yeah, that brew smells great. It just smells good. I don't yeah, know. It's exactly. the best reason. If an old crotchety Englishman doesn't like it, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> that's my new. That's my new outlook on life. And I'll tell you, it's probably not. It's probably a good measure. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> if yeah. Uh, well, Annie, Annie, go ahead. I just want to know. Last uh, question: What the ABV on these beers is? Is it? Is it like what three one? Four. It's four. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Would you guys uh, have guessed that high? Yeah, yeah, JP, yeah. yeah, for the style. Only based on the right. style, not yeah. because we taste exactly. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, you make a true light beer, not a small beer. 
Okay. Yeah. There's a process with the long mashing with the enzymes. It gives you a true... Hey, read that great article by Betsy Parks in Brew Your Own Magazine. Okay. About making a light beer. Nate read it this morning. Yeah. Yeah. You guys already beat me up for that. I yeah. as I would. And now Nathan reading back the article. <laughs> right. And What's just the third word it? on the fourth paragraph? <laughs> well, these are wonderful beers, and uh, yeah. please don't leave if you don't have to. I'd love for you to stick around. We're no, about to talk a little, in a little bit. I gotta go out and okay. get some cigarettes. Yeah, I gotta got to go wash my hair. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. I'm, 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 I'm floored. They're, they're wonderful. Literally floored. It's mind blowing. Yeah. That reminds me of the best. Well done. The best descriptor she gave us: wet cigarette. I have not seen that yet. Oh, oh yeah, she, yes, it's pretty wet good. Cigarette. I get it on that every. Is that is that more a reflection of the quality of the judging or the quality of the beer, your beer? If you don't see wet cigarette, yeah, <laughs> as exactly. a descriptor. Yeah, I get it every time. I don't know what you're talking about. Like that ashtray that's been out in the rain, then you drink it. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> All right, so that is the great Annie Johnson. She's going to hang out with us for a little while, but just in case you got to sneak out before we're done blabbing, I wanted to thank you very much for thank coming you. in, spending time with us. Thanks so yeah. much. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. I appreciate this it. This is a ama- uh, yeah, great, uh, great comparison. We'll have you back, and we'll talk more on light lager and sure. how to brew it, and then we'd like to see that Pico brew system in here. Yeah, too. bring you it. You will. I, I promise you will. Okay, if I get you a Monster Mill, uh, will you work on getting me a Pico brew. <laughs> you bet. I'm sure the price point is very similar. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> my recipe. Are a little more known than yours. I think I should get the uh, the Pico. Yeah, I'll talk that's, to the guys, those guys directly. Well, you will definitely be a better endorsement. But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm a better. Wait a minute. I'm a better bullshit. How about the taste? How about yeah. the any idiot can make beer endorsement? <laughs> See, that's what I mean. You uh, might be the better one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this. Uh, we're going to start with Nathan here in the Brewcaster Challenge, and. Um, We've got Fred Francis on the line from Monster uh, Brewing Hardware. Uh, one of the things that we did was I, I wanted uh, Nate to check out the Monster Mill. And actually, it was it was myself or Nate to check it out. You just wanted out. to change a variable and, uh, on me at the last minute. <laughs> well, because... Uh, well, let's get Fred on the line, then I'll, I'll kind of uh, sum it up here. But hey, Fred, thanks for joining us. Oh, hang on. Hang on, Fred. There you are. Hey, Fred, thanks for joining us. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for being on the show. It's been a couple years since we had you on, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. It's good to have you back. So, I'm just—I was just about to give the lowdown about why uh, Nate here used your mill, and then he's going to give us our recipe, and then his recipe, and then we'll talk about using the mill, and you guys can kind of converse back and forth. Okay. Because it's the first time that Nate has used it, and uh, all, all jokes aside, it was between Nathan and myself using it, and. I actually do take this stuff pretty seriously, so I think I, I would have done a pretty good job using it. But two variables are Nate's good at really documenting things and, and variables, and he mills his own grain every time, and I don't. I let my homebrew shop do it. So okay. we so we thought, well, let's switch it up for Nate then. Exactly. Um, plus it changed the variable on your brew day. <laughs> oh, so yeah, second. it's got to be fun. <laughs> but the first two things sounded much uh, better. <laughs> much more official that way. So... Why don't you give us your recipe, and then we'll talk about how the milling went with the different mill. Sure, yeah. So I, uh, thinking about this Schwartz beer, I wanted to make it pretty simple and, and traditional and not go too far into territory that would be outside of the style. So I went with uh, 85% Pils, uh, 10% Vienna, 5% Munich, 4% Carafa 2, and then just a, just a touch of pale chocolate, almost 1% pale chocolate Wow, on there. And... Uh, Mash at 148 degrees for about 75 minutes. Measured uh, 5.2 pH in the mash. 
And I like to, even though the water quality has been weird recently, I like to add a little bit of calcium chloride on beers like this because I want to taste kind of that Pilsner malt character, and that seems to really bring it out with the water that we have in the East Bay. And then uh, just for the hell of it, added uh, two ounces of Helga in the mass, which is a Southern Hemisphere holler tau oh. derivative, basically. Okay. So, kind of going back to that Bamforth thing we were just talking about, mainly so I could just smell that and enjoy the... In the oh, it's probably not going to even make it much into the finished beer. But How much went in? Sorry, two ounces. Okay. Oh, wow, that's not tiny. No, nah, but... it's it's not much. But uh, I and enough grain for about fifteen gallons of wort. So that was probably around thirty six, thirty seven pounds of grain total. Most of it, most of it two row. Okay. Or I'm sorry, um, pills, uh, Weirman pills. So used all all Weirman malts for the German malts in particular. You did. Okay. Yeah, and except for that pale chocolate was English. That's uh, such a small amount. Okay. Yeah, I had a little uh, English sub in mind too. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about that because I'd like to know uh, your your opinion on that on that difference too when we get to it. So. Got it. Cool. Yeah. So I and for the dark malts for these kind of beers, they don't want a lot of roast character. I think that that can kind of throw the style off. You want a little bit, but not too much, where it's coming across more stout or porter like. You want like maybe a little touch. Yeah. Of that, but not not a lot. So I added all the dark grains kind of at the beginning of sparge. Just something that Jamil had talked about a couple times in years past. And I hadn't done it since doing American Brown Ales a couple of years ago. But I think that helps, since you're not adding it to the main mash, you're not acidifying or changing the pH of mm-hmm. the main mash, but you just kind of want the color extraction. So that just means you sprinkled malts. it on top and then exactly. sparged over top of it. And then sparged over the top of that. And it's kind of cool. You can watch the colors change right. from super pale to you know 20 SRM or so in yeah, not okay. too long a time, which is... Also kind of cool. Um, yeah, and then just did that uh, simple, straightforward, 148-degree mash, and then mashed out at 165, kind of slowly raising it up with recirc. Okay. And uh, collected enough for 15 gallons of finished wort. You know, I always pre-measure the the uh, starting gravity before uh, be, be beginning of the boil because I know how my I'm going to get about 13 to 14% boil off. Oh. And then just calculate based on that. So I always collect enough so that I'm getting the right pre-boil gravity and not really worried about the volume so much as long as i have the efficiency dialed in i think this one was slightly different because i'm using a different mill we'll yeah. get to that in a minute when we go over those details with fred but that was kind of a and different to- variable this time dialing that in i guess because i noticed them probably collected maybe about a half a gallon or, or three quarters of a gallon more of wort because i got slightly better efficiency with the new mill oh okay yeah. And then just to be clear, because you're worried about the, the pre-boil uh, gravity rather than the volume, it, yeah. because you know exactly how long you're going to boil, and that will get you to the, your desired original gravity, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. I wanted 10 and a half uh, Play-Doh pre-boil okay. to yeah. hit about 13 Play-Doh post-boil. Okay. I knew that that's what I was going to get if I, as long as I nailed 10.5 yeah. before starting the boil, then I would get to where I wanted to get based on that volume in the kettle. Okay. So I always check that stuff. I'm pretty careful about that and that'll help me hit like an exact gravity out of the kettle okay almost one of the most important measurements in burnt exactly yes it'll throw everything else off yeah how much yeast you grew up Um, how much much hops you're adding over over hopped under hopped exactly all that kind of stuff so right um yeah really dialing that in uh so glad i dialed that in on my brew day (laughs) didn't even check it i know (laughs) Well, did you hit your gravity, by the way? I mean, did you hit your... Oh, we'll talk we'll about get to that, that in a minute. Oh, wow. No, one thing... No, one <laughs> thing <rain> I, <laughs> before I talk about the boil and the hop additions there, the water quality has really taken a nosedive, at least in the ghetto of San Leandro. I think it may be throughout parts of the East Bay, too. I'll mix up star sand 
and it'll go cloudy in like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's got like- so is mine. Is that doing that too? It yeah. didn't do that two weeks ago. Oh, even a didn't? month ago, that did never. It rarely ever happens. What, what do you think? Changed? Now that you mention it, I, d- I didn't even really think about that. But I it think did. that it's either a blend of different sources, well water, the reservoirs are low, something. The the minerality is higher. Huh? All right. Ho- ho- ion content is higher than it was. Hold tight on that because we don't need Fred to to listen to our water and no no and, no no. no, and no, no yeah. So let's you want to get to the mill. Let's talk let's about start, the yeah yeah. So first of all, what was different about the monster mill? From your what you normally use, I got an old JSP malt mill which I've had for about twelve years, and it's a good mill, but it's just been through hell and back. I've dropped it a few times. It's kind of again, Nicole's like it's probably good you have a new mill. This one's pretty ghetto. Okay, and she's right. It was kind of nice to have a new mill. It was great. Uh, Fred set us up with the MM2. It's a yep. two roller mill. It's a six inch uh, roller, about one and a half inch in diameter. Does that sound about right? Yep, that's right. correct. Yep. And it was cool. He sent a feeler gauge, too, which I'd never measured the gap on the either my old mill or the new one. So I could really... I took a few pounds of malt that I wasn't using for this batch, and I run that through and say, okay, does the crush look how I want it to look? Just did it visually. Yeah, just do it visually. I mean, you you mill enough grain, you kind of know how you want it to look. Sure. I know Tasty is all about this. Like yeah. the, you want the yeah. crush to be visually the, cur- yeah. there. Like, you want the uh, husk matter sort of intact, but the kernel completely broken open okay but not a lot of like particulate matter and flour Mm. right that'll help you lower tannins and get you know kind of everything all in balance okay so Um, the feeler gauge allowed you to dial that in really dial in and say okay what i want is 0.053 i never knew that before so that was kind of fun and then really uh made that work with the the monster mill and and really you know carefully dialing that in with the feeler gauge got it exactly where i want and then you can much like most mills you can then completely lock it in so that the rollers don't move. And I think that works really well and a nice feature of, the, of this malt mill. It's pretty common on most, but this one, I think it really, really dials that down okay. down well. Um, yeah, and then it has a, a cool 11-pound hopper that you, you build. It sits on the top. Yeah. I just filled that up about three times, and I was, I was done. I just connect a drill like I always do. For Excellent. Using my old mill, just ran it through, and I didn't measure the time or anything, but it seems like I could get it done faster with the a newer, more efficient mill. I wasn't trying to kind of hold it together like the old ones. Yeah, I kind of feel like I wonder if there's any teeth left on your other mill. Uh, at, no, uh, exactly. I was kind of looking at that one going, mm, yeah, things probably just, it's probably just sent down. too much grain through it. Yeah. Now, Fred, I don't. if I remember right, uh, the hopper is new, at least since the last time we spoke to you years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's um, We came out with that shortly, actually, after I was on your show the last time. Okay. Um, one of the listeners reached out to me after the show and said, hey, um, I do sheet metal design and CAD work. You know, maybe I can help you get something going. And um, I did a few simple drawings of what my ideas were, and he kind of threw something back at me, and we went back and forth until he came up with something that looked like it would work. Um, wow. The goal was to get it all into a flat rate box so that we could ship internationally and domestically and save people money on, you know, sending something that was already put together that they could assemble easily. Yeah, that's the tough part, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Especially because of the weight of your, of your mill, I would imagine. Yeah, it, the the posties tend to destroy them sometimes uh, if, uh, you know, if they get a little rambunctious. So yeah. we're, you know, always cognizant of that issue, too. So Okay. It sounds like the result was was pretty damn good for you, Nate. That was great. I love the mill. And, uh, Fred had set us up with a little stand for it too, which fits over a standard five gallon bucket. Okay, and I just milled all the grain right into a couple of those. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Nice setup. Um, yeah. So, Fred, you sell a couple different mills. This was the two roller version. You sell a three also. 
Yeah, we sell um, two different two rollers and two different three rollers. The two we have a two roller with inch and a half inch inch and a half rollers and a two roller with two inch rollers, and then we have a three roller with inch and a half and and also with three uh, two inch rollers, two inch diameter. They're both the same length, six inches. Why would somebody care about the that difference in diameter? What does it affect? Well, the the larger diameter is going to give you um, a better crush quality, and you can run at uh, smaller gap ranges, and it also gives you more throughput. It's it's best for you know high capacity brewers, brew shops, brew, uh, you know brew pubs, small breweries, you know that kind of stuff for the big mills. Okay, and then with the with the three roller, is that just to pass more grain through at a time? Just is it faster? Well, the three-roller gives you two crushes with one pass through the mill. It's it's actually gentler on the husks than two passes through a two-roller. So you get a preliminary squish between the top two rollers with at a fixed gap, and then you adjust the, the bottom gap or the secondary gap to get your final crush to, to dial it in. Oh, I see. So it, it's uh, the theory is that you get a little bit better crush quality with the three-roller versus the two. Nate, if you, if we were to have given you a choice, would you have selected one of these over the one that you have? I would have probably geeked out on the three just because I'd never messed with it before. But yeah. two is good because I'm used to that, so I could get it going quicker. I'd probably still be screwing around with that mill and never did the beer. Uh, I, I probably should have ordered you the three. You probably should have given me the three. You know how I am. I'd have been like All right. trying to write dissertations on the mill or something. Then, you know? Yeah. Oh, believe me, we have lots of people who geek out on the mill. Oh, yeah. But, no, it was a nice, really cool mill. It worked out. Great. I mean, I can see what he means about the shipping, too. Is it, it came in a really compact, you know, simple box that's really easy for those guys to deal with, and it was pretty simple to put together on my side. And, yeah, and what I meant about the weight was not that the thing is too heavy to use. What I meant is it's just super solid. I mean, the thing is just right. ready to, to throw around, and so you got to fit that into an affordable box, a flat-rate chipper. Otherwise, yeah. if you got to pay by weight, you're in trouble. We're, we're, we're doing a lot of international business, and really the only way to ship internationally is flat rate any other way yeah. it just costs a bazillion dollars no so. you're right it's kind uh-huh. of ridiculous in fact a lot of companies like you just refuse to ship international because of it uh. well we're, we're one of the few i get people ask me all, all the time to you know to send me other send them other stuff yeah <laughs> besides the milk <laughs> now let me ask you guys this and i would ask tasty too why do you uh, why mill your own grain I mean, I, I, it seems to me I'm, I'm happy to go to the shop and use the mill yeah. and come home ready to go. I like to buy grains in bulk and not keep them forever, but I'll try and use them all within like five, six months. Okay. And I kind of look at it like, um, I mean, there is fats inside a grain. There's lipids a little bit. And so the more that that's exposed to oxygen, especially with certain grains, the more that those grains will degrade. Um, and so if you're always buying it, you know, the day before at the homebrew shop and then using it the very next day, the difference is probably about the same but um i was like crushing and then using the grain as quickly as possible after that sort of like how you make when you make coffee if you grind the coffee and then make coffee right after that it's always better than if you let that stuff sit around you know so good comparison grain is no different i figure so let's spend the extra 10 15 minutes while the strike water is heating up and and mill the grain okay now fred annie johnson our our 2013 homebrew of the year is here and she sure would like to mill her own grain at home, like she like she used to do. But I don't she, know who she is. She can send you some links. <laughs> yeah, along, yeah, along with a, she'll send you links along with a very stern letter. Yeah, apparently, dear bozo. Yeah, <laughs> I sold my mill, and it's your fault. Yeah, I brew with these chumps called Pico Brew. 
So you know, I, the hookup. It sounds like. Yeah, I don't know if you want uh, an endorsement like that, but uh, <laughs> it, it sure would be a nice one if I were you. Can you call that an endorsement? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, it's funny you guys mentioned endorsements. I was actually talking to John Palmer on Friday, and he's going to help us develop a new mill coming out sometime soon with um, slotted rollers instead of knurled, and. Um, I'm looking at doing an endorsement deal with him. Awesome. And I'm always looking for, you know, award-winning homebrewers that will pound in the mill. So she should she should shoot me an email. All I right. will. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Wonderful. Well, Fred, anything else we should know uh, before I let you go since the last time you've been on? I mean, it, it, we knew that you were making a badass mill then, and it just sounds like it's only gotten better. Well, we're always, you know, we're always working to improve, and we're always trying to do our best with customer service. And uh, you know, provide a good product that lasts a long time in a timely fashion. So that's our our biggest focus is really on the customers and uh, providing good service. You know, we're we're trying our best to to keep our reputation alive and you know do a good job for folks to help them out. So I you know it, it discourages me when people don't don't contact me when they have problems because that's what we're that's what we spend most of our time doing is helping people. You know, whenever they have questions or you know, want to know what to buy or what's right for their application. So Sure. Well, I think that's indicated by the fact that the last time you were here, really the only complaint we heard was not having a hopper, and you got straight to it, and now we got a hopper. Yeah, we added the um, extension after Fred Dujure at one of the NHC conferences said, man, you need to make that hopper bigger. And I was like, you know, he's probably right. So we came up with the straight section for the... Uh, for the extension to add, add additional capacity, and uh, that's been a big seller too. So, all right, uh, we we like suggestions. We're always trying to come up with new stuff. So. Are you going to be at NHC again this year? Yes, sir. I sure am. Looking forward to it. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And anybody in attendance, you can go and uh, well, you can manhandle these things. Just uh, go see Monster Brewing Hardware in the hospitality suite at the National Homebrewers Conference, and uh, you won't be, you won't have seen anything like it. I, I've never seen another mill like it. It's it's pretty sweet. Well, uh, what's the site, Fred? Where do people go? Uh, go to MonsterBrewingHardware.com. There we go. Thanks, Fred. MonsterMills.com. That works as well. Okay. Monster Brewing Hardware or MonsterMills.com. Thanks, Fred. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Mm -hmm. You guys realize it's been six years since Fred was on? Six years. I figured it had been a while. You see how we do there, Annie? We hooked you up. You send that email. I would do it nicely this time if I were you. I will. <laughs> yeah, but n- nice for Annie Remember or nice? Remember me? I was on the brewing her with those chumps. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, with those other chumps. He'll know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. Those. That'll jog his memory right away. Where's my mail? <laughs> All right, we're, we're, I don't want to drag this out too long, so... Uh, no, it's great. What's so, next, Nate, on, so your, that, on your brew day? So boil it, add hops, ferment, beat Justin, done. <laughs> there it is. Right off into the sunset. We're great. Yeah, uh, we'll be right back. What were your hops? Um... Uh, Really, 170 went, pounds of Hollertau, so I could clean yeah, out every exactly. store in the Bay Area. <laughs> no, I went um, unusual on this. I, I really love the bittering qualities of Simcoe, so I use that. Oh, you're so losing this low, battle. Low Cohumulone <laughs> hop. Love it with Pilsner malt. Been doing it. You want to taste a Pilsner with it? Simcoe all the way through? No. I, I do, Nate. Pass that this way. Just just uh, your, yeah, your bittering? Yeah, I could try that. Here, I'll open this out and send it around. This is a... Uh, just your bittering with Simcoe. Just a bittering with Simcoe on this. And this has a different experimental hop that's kind of like Saz for the the finishing hop. But um, no, the finishing hop I used was Safir, which is the hop you find in um, Pivo, okay. which I really, really like. Yeah. And um, that was it. Those just those two hop additions. So one at Flame Out and then 30 IBUs for bittering 
simple. Um, Not that simple. You know, Annie and I here like to go classic. Like, we like to just <laughs> stick to the... Right. You so know. it's holler tower nothing. Oh, well, it has to be real noble. Even your malt bill. I mean, it doesn't sound like you went all that uh, classic here. So. Well, you know, I thought about using uh, crystal malts and all kinds of other funky stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, right. I had to keep it simple. Remember when you went to the bathroom for a really long time when you were brewing yesterday? Oh, you took a dump in there, didn't you? I put some crystal malt in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you, you called Nicole and had her do it, so it'd be less <laughs> yeah. suspicious. All right, so so tell us more about the hops then. So you went uh, Simcoe for, for a bittering hop. Simcoe bittering hop boiled for 85 minutes, 30 IBU, one addition, whole hops. That's it. Uh, Safir at flame out. And uh, that's it. Collective wort. Chilled it down to about 57 degrees right off of the plate chiller. And then uh, let it sit in the B3 conical with the temp set to 48 degrees. And that took about six, seven hours. And to get then, down. Yeah. And What's then, your plate chiller? Uh, the Terminator. So so is mine. And I know that your groundwater is the same temperature as mine. This is something I was going to bring up in, in my discussion, but I'll just ask you now. I did, what, I did not get mine down to 57 degrees, and I can't no. imagine our... Are you doing high flow of water through the plate chiller, chiller or low, like make it kind of go slow so it passes through the wort slowly? Do you see what I'm getting at? High flow water, low flow wort. How high flow? Like, do you just turn your hose all the way on? We're freaking draining the reservoir. Ah, see... I'm going to get arrested I, so for saying did, that these days, but... So I started I don't know out, I mean I watered the garden. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. You can get arrested for that, too. All right. It's probably true. <laughs> and Tasty, yeah, I see. Ra- well, let me just say, because so I started. Think about lo- it. I started low flow. I know, but I can just remember Doc talking about counter uh, flow chillers. And um, I know this isn't exactly a, a counter flow chiller, right? But the principle is somewhat the same. Um, the that, principle that is exactly wanna, the that same. That you want a yeah. slow enough flow so that it could actually absorb the heat. Sure. So I started slow, but I I'm paying attention, right? And it's coming through warm, and I'm going. Right. I've I know this thing puts out cold wort because Tasty swears by the damn thing. Yeah. So I did increase the flow, um, and I got colder wort, but blasting it didn't seem to make much difference at that point. I ended up transferring. It's I a balance. It at like sixty-eight degrees, and I, really? I felt yeah. like that was way high because I know my water was colder than that. Right. Uh, no, it's a balance. You got to cut. If you have a, a way to, you know, gauge it, or you have a lever on both sides, you can dial it in exactly where you want. If you have like a, temp, I can do that. Temp yeah. readout on the fermenter through the probe that comes in through the top. Yeah. Or on a, with one of those sticky thermometers on a carboy. If you're, yeah, if you're collecting into a carboy, you can measure it that way, and then. Then really kind of dial it in, you know, slowing down the wart collection from the kettle. I did that too. Uh, Tasty too. high flow, low flow. What's your deal? Uh, 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 an accurate flow. Uh, first thing I do is I would uh, let it run full flow. Uh, get and then uh, of course there's a t- uh, thermometer on the outbound side of your uh, of your uh, external chiller. Yes, and so you know you get it. So you want to get it as low as it basically can go, right? So it's you know it's. Not going to get any cooler than that. I'm at full flow. I'm at the minimum amount of wort to get through there, to get to get to the, this like temperature that's staying constant. Then I back off in the water till that till it starts to go back up a little bit. Okay. And then I that's where I run it. All right. Because that way I know I'm, you know, not running. If I'm running too much, and I probably am, because you know the water is probably still just tepid rather than cold, hot. Yeah. Coming out of the uh, chiller. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Now this you, was now one your of the- symptoms sound like more like you might have a clogged chiller. 
that it's not getting through all the plates. No, no, that sucker's clean. For one, it's right. only been used uh, twice, and I uh, I clean the heck right. out of well, it that's afterward. Thing. That's that's unless it's unless, different than it did before for sure. It can right? still clog. Yeah, I guess I was going to say unless uh, you yeah. know something really got stuck in there, oh, but. But the things seem to be moving through it just fine. And, uh, yeah, if you don't notice, uh, you know, yeah. a reduction, then it's probably fine. It was definitely one of those things where, you know, a lot of times I come in and complain about my mistakes on Brew Day. It wasn't feeling like a mistake. It was feeling like I'd no, I don't know my equipment yet, and I'm trying to figure this thing out. And I genuinely just didn't know to go high flow on that water or low. It did cool down if I went a little higher, but then there was a point of, like, of, of diminishing returns right so yeah if you know if you're not going to get any much and if i was trying to do this beer in summer yeah no way that's where i'd be at and it wouldn't because it's get any lower than about 66 then your ground temp water temp yeah. yeah exactly you can't okay. get any lower than where that's at so if you measure that and it's 68 can't can't beat it right yeah. so but you have the badass b3 conical with double chilling and whatnot right so you can dial that in and then down it goes yeah right? so by by the time I had dialed in the Terminator to get it, at least what I know was coming out cold, I had already transferred a bunch of wort, right? So yeah. it was whatever I had gotten it too cold, mixing in with whatever had gone in warm. So at the end, 68 degrees. But I cranked up my, my more beer conical, and I waited overnight for it to get down to... I'll yeah. talk about where how I did that after. Right, uh, right. Okay, so you, you transfer You get it in there at, what did you say, 57? 57. Okay. Get it down to 48 degrees eh, about eight hours later or so, and then pitch a nice active, uh, decant a nice active starter of WLP 833, the Bach East. The Bach East, okay. And pitch that, and we're off and running. Off and going. Yeah, so... uh, As of today, when you left, well, you just left, you haven't been home since you left work. No activity yet. Okay. It's only been pitched less than 24 hours, so... All right. We're going to talk about that when we get back as well. Because I'm nervous about my no activity. <laughs> oh, no loggers oh, take no. a while. You got to let those guys sit that two three days sometimes before it's you get much there. active stuff going on. I yeah. do want to know how your starter went. We'll talk about all of that <laughs> when I get back. Weird. Uh, anything else we need to know about your beer? Did that's, you name it yet? Like, that's about it. No, I got to come up with some kind of disparagingly Justin running him into the ground kind of name. I haven't. You could just how about you? Yet. How about I'm you gonna call wait it? I'm going to wait until you describe... is again Schwartz beer. Exactly. There's going to be a lot of stainless for sale soon, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> if that happens. I'll just have a lot more time to play guitar. Yeah, imagine Nate's... Well, you need it. ...life if he loses this round of the Brewcaster Challenge. I'm done. Challenge. You have to quit brewing, I got everything right? to lose. <laughs> done. Because if I win, it's because you suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to buy a Forge just to melt If you all my win, then I'm, I've got no credibility, so yeah. I can just feel like... You can... You can throw questions over to me on the show after that and be like, fuck, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> that, that is a good point. This is a lose-lose for Nate. Yeah. If, well, if Nate loses, he'll melt everything down and just start making chain mail and, and like medieval weaponry with all of that. Yeah. I'll forge swords for fun instead. Yeah. <laughs> you could always take up LARPing. What is LARPing? Oh, LARPing. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's Bevo jumping in I there. Oh, really so this guy is excited because like, I'm such a, a loser. Yeah. What is it, Bevo? Dude, under the, underneath the Rockridge Bart station, there are dudes with like these foam swords yeah, and shit all hitting each other. That's what LARPing. It is, yeah. I've seen that, yeah. Awesome. And then these other dudes show up and beat them up, take their lunch money. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe. What it's like it's like those movies where the guy's on top of the world and, and then he you know he loses to and whatever then to and then he's like the homeless guy you know he's just rolling around on a in a shopping cart Anchorman we're gonna see Nate roaming around Martinez with Chuck the homeless guy It'd be like the short beer I just won't <laughs> stop talking about it all right let's take a, a very quick break we're just gonna take about uh, five minutes here and we'll come back and talk about the beer that shocked the world hang in there it's the session. <laughs> 
You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I mean, yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's 
it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling with without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio all right welcome back to the program thank you so much for hanging out with us i appreciate it very much we're talking about the brewcaster challenge the uh losers bracket losers loser Soon to be loser squared for Nate. Uh, and while we do that, I'm about to give you my recipe. I'd like to remind you about Beersmith Brewing Software, which can help you become the world shocking brewer that I'm about to be. World shocking. World shocking. I think you've done that already. It's kind of it's like the shocker, but for the whole world. Oh. Yeah. Just go to Beersmith.com. Right now, you get a free 21-day trial. I just used the brewing software on my brew day. Loved it. Uh, did a lot of different calculations with it this time. For example, uh, calculating my pre-boil gravity. You can punch in the uh, the number right there. It has a uh, refractometer conversion, so it'll tell me the uh, specific gravity based on that. I used both of those tools. I used a volume calculator because the recipe was giving me my... Uh, water in quarts, and I don't know what the fuck a quart is, right. so I converted that to a gallon, and I was able to get my uh, strike water uh, volumes that way. So I used a lot of the different tools that it has, uh, uh, on top of actually just entering my recipe, which then uh, you know will give you the percentages of, of grain and the IBUs that you're putting in and the, and the whole deal. And I had actually a much uh, more... Where's my language? I had a lot of fun using Beersmith this time. Well, and you, uh, you uh, always do have fun using Beersmith, and it, it's yeah. always had all these features, which it hasn't ever helped you, but this time, this, <laughs> this time, time it, it, it did. Oh, great. There's a, I do always have fun using Beersmith, although, you know, like anybody, if, you, if you're just making the switch to it, there's, there's always a learning curve, but it's not difficult. Um, but I, 
What happened was last time I did this, I came in and I talked about all these conversions, right. and Doc looked at me and goes, you know, Beersmith does all that. <laughs> and so I had that voice in my head this time. So when I used it, I, I used all the different calculators. Go to Beersmith.com, get your free 21-day trial. Um, maybe do it before you're going to brew a lot, so you can use it a bunch of times for free. That would be the best. Then you'll know you love it, and then you'll buy it, I guarantee. Check it out, Beersmith.com. Is the world shocker like two in the France and one in the Australia or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah, it's something like that. So did yeah. Brad put a button on there for you, the carpet porter dilution factor? Uh, he- when you got like three gallons of star sand in your Ooh, carboy and man, you fill it up? Trash talking. <laughs> It was similar to that. It, yeah. The button was called Fuck Nate and the Schwartz. Oh. <laughs> it's like a pH and dilution correction Yeah, button, just one button. You're like, oh, I'm at 2 pH and 20 SRM lower than I thought I'd be. Yeah. I just diluted my beer and then I just pressed that button. I didn't do anything with the information it generated. No. I think, I think Beersmith actually makes the beer for me. So I just pushed the button and I think something changed. Warp I production. think I drink it all before I can see it. The fun thing about this brew for me... Uh, all shit talking aside, is that every time I, I had a question and a challenge as I was going through this beer, all I wanted to do actually was call you, Nate, and talk about it. <laughs> oh, you got Doc though on uh, the lifeline. He's much. He's better at these than me. Doc's text. Doc's phone wasn't working all weekend. Oh, oh. I swear to God. Other than um, some ingredient, uh, and I'll talk about that. I'll talk. Other no advice on this one. Other than. Uh, um, uh, I was like at the homebrew shop asking some opinions about this yeast or that yeast and this hop or that hop. Uh, other than that, on brew day, and don't get me wrong, I was asking questions the whole weekend, and and Doc's not returning any of my fucking texts. <laughs> and all I can, th- I'm thinking he's like, uh, I'm just gonna leave Justin on his own this. You're time. like, hmm. I thought he was doing like a dad moment, like let him a teachable moment. No, it just turns out his yeah. phone wasn't working. <laughs> I would have helped you. He would have been there for you. Yeah. I know, but but what I mean is. Uh, I just actually meant it would have been a lot of fun just to call you and talk about this stuff because we're brewing the same beer. Exactly. So I didn't feel competition about how we're brewing it in in terms of the process. Uh, none of, none mm. of that exists. I just feel competition we'll, that I'm going to feel bad when we'll you do lose. the loser round. Oh, oh, just that. <laughs> we'll do the losers bracket. You know, victory slash losing lap, and then we'll brew a batch together and fuck it up in I, unison. I would like that because a lot good. of the time through, I was like, I wonder what Nate would do on this. Not in a just. I wanted to know. So, I'd probably anyway. swear a lot, <laughs> yeah, and then right. do it and then do it right. So let me tell you about my 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 recipe. You uh, know, before you do that, Jay, you know we yeah. we got a uh, two Nate homebrews floating around the studio right now. There's a, a Dortmunder, the uh, Dortmunder with Simcoe right there, buddy. I yeah. had the other one with Simcoe. Oh, Could you pass that along? Dortmunders pass that good to, Pass that over here. Yeah, and there's also a pills and a pills and a I had the pale ale, pale ale too. I just wanted to say, good luck. I know. I know. Well, and I post this Beers stuff on. Unbelievable. I post this stuff on uh, Shitbook too, uh, for fun. I, I think people want this. And, oh yeah! And every comment is Nate. Uh. Nate, just take a nap. <laughs> or or Nate, you don't even have to. Nate, brew. get some liquid in or, a glass. Yeah, honestly. Or and I'm just you know, fuck you guys. They're fantastic. Anyway, no, that's your recipe, not going to help anybody. Sorry to cut you off. So here's my recipe. Um, uh. I opened a bottle of Kohlstritzer, and I poured it into. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what One we should have done, man. I could have had a good time on Sunday instead I was brewing all day. All right. I, uh, I used uh, Jamil's, uh, he calls it his American Schwartz beer. Right. And so it's supposed to be a more kind of a, a robust version of a Schwartz beer. And it's the first one in Brewing Classic Styles. Yeah. And, and yeah. He's, it's the one that he's won a, a bunch of awards. Oh, yeah. For. I will say this. I second guess myself just before going to get the recipe. 
because I read through his Kolstritzer clone, and I thought, you know what? It's real simple. I gave the description of Schwartz beer, which is not too roasty and very dry right. when we when we introduced it. And I'm reading through his Kolstritzer one, and I'm going, well, this is the beer that I described when we talked about the style to begin with. Yeah. But he talked me out of it. Well, he gave, made one comment. He just said, look, you can do that if you want, but the other one is the one that wins all the time. It's the one everybody likes. So I went back to my first choice. I yep. didn't second guess myself, and I stuck with the American version. So... The American version calls for, uh, let's see, it was 51, no, yeah, 51, uh, almost 52% Munich malt, uh, 37% Pilsner. I'm not giving like the tenth of a percent. Yeah. Um, 3% Crystal 40, which I couldn't find at More Beer. Well, and I don't. What? That's weird. I don't like, 40. I don't like asking for help. Oh, that was the other thing I did. It's, I forgot. Was the bin empty? It's, a, it's, a, it's just I just didn't see it. And That's like not having 01 at home. Well, hang on, though. The, I just, I don't ask for help. I don't know why it's a thing. I probably should have talked about that with my therapist before I stopped going. Well, you're male. But I don't like asking for help, so I was like. bigger issues than that. Jesus. So I looked at the crystal. They had crystal, the British crystal 50. There you go. Oh. And I was just like, I can do this. I can adjust my... JP yells at me because I don't make any decisions. I was like, I can make a decision about my recipe. <laughs> so instead of putting 11.4 ounces of Crystal 40 in, I put 10.2 ounces of Crystal 50. I dropped the, a, a little. I don't fucking know what I'm doing. No, you're fine. I was like, I'll it's, drop it a little. It's a, that's did, not bad. Did you just guess or did Beersmith do, do that calculation? No, because I was For... in the I was in the homebrew shop, so I just was like, if it's a higher lava bond, and tell me if my yeah. tell me if my logic is correct. If it's a higher lava bond, lava bond, <laughs> crystal malt, yeah, I should reduce the amount of it, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. sound logic? SRM, you're on the right track. For, but, an ingredient, for an ingredient that doesn't belong in the spear at all, you got whatever, <laughs> well, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to do. <laughs> okay, good. So unfortunately, your uh, German beer is going to taste rather English. That's going to yeah. be a problem. I'm I was afraid, afraid of that. I mean, it's yeah, color-wise, that's fine, but the flavor-wise is going to be different. Yeah. So you can't really adjust flavor-wise. No, Crystal's but, a smaller portion of this thing. The roast seems yeah. to take over the spirit. Yeah, so yeah exactly. What, how much, what percent is the, what you use? Well, uh, let, I'll get to that, but let me clarify. Mm-hmm. I ended up, you know, I, I put all the grain into the bucket before I mill it, and then I milled it, right? Oh, you did that? So, in other words, the it was all mixed together, and then when I got up to the front to pay for it, David Wonder, who's like the, the showroom manager, he was like, oh, we had Crystal 40, dude. And then I, but it was too late then because I had already blended it all together. Yeah. It's not that they didn't have it; it's that you didn't see it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And right. that I can't, I have, I can't ask for help. No. So, so, I, so anyway, uh, I understand that not wanting to ask for right, help. Well, thing, by the it, way. So it ended up being okay. less than three percent. You, know you made yeah. a decision. So it was a little less than three percent. That's yeah. the best. Uh, then you're I, not like subbing pills for two rows. It's not like that. Yeah. You're doing. You're fine. Chocolate malt asked for the exact same amount, and uh, that I didn't reduce. I used the exact same amount. So three percent, three point three percent. Uh, which ended up being like 11.4 ounces. No, those are going okay together. Uh, Carafa 2, 2%. They had that, and I, I chose it correctly. <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, roasted barley, 2%. And you saw that. Oh, okay. I saw that, okay. and I used it. Great. <laughs> Any uh, black patent or anything else in here? AC120? Nope. No? Nope. How about how about dark rye or wheat or something? <laughs> nope. No? 
I just read oh, man, Jamil's, come on. I just read Jamil's recipe. Going feel out on this bitch. Jamil's recipe is for five <laughs> gallons. I, I put it in my thing, and then I did the scale-up batch function in right. Beersmith, and I scaled it up to my system, and then, then I that's what I did. So the only thing I changed was the uh, caramel. That's I put minor. British. You're good. Fuck British. No, I'm serious. You're good. <laughs> you're you're different. It's not. It's all right. Well, it's I think gonna you're going to be fine. That's, a, that's it's a, a great beer. It's okay. going to be great. All right, good. That, it'll be all, English Kirby, I'll, be I'll never hear the end of it. You'll kill me. It'll be yeah. awesome. All right. Now, I mashed in at 154, which is what Jamil's recipe the, in in this style. He, he asked for a higher uh, uh, because it's a, a bolder version of a Schwartz beer. He wanted to be a higher. Right. Uh, mash. This was by it was an article in BYO. By the way, that's what he sent me with the different recipes. So I mashed it at one fifty four, and lo and behold, I hit my mash temperature this time. Huh, so right. uh, then I fucked it up by uh, um, uh, using the the circulation and uh, the strike water. The so brewing the hot liquor tank <laughs> was not hot enough. So when I started circulating, cool the temperature stuff. went down. Right, and then I brought it back. You'd up. already denatured all the enzymes and converted everything. Anyways, you're that's fine. what I figured. It yeah, was you're good. Yeah, but you want solubility, so you do want to bring it up a little bit. That's true. It doesn't take long at 154. So. I brought it back up to 154 after a period of time, um, and then I left it. This, so 60 minutes at 154, give or take whatever I did in the meantime. Um, oh, it was like that. I got it. Yeah. So. The other ingredients, by the way, was that the recipe calls for all hollertau. Hollertau? Yes. Hollertau. Yep. I get to, and I don't even think to ask. It's fucking hollertau. Who doesn't have a hollertau? Well, apparently, I don't know if you guys knew about this, but there's a hops shortage. Uh, well, at least everyone's having yeah, trouble getting it. The European hops, I guess, didn't do so well last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> some, uh, some of those you can't find so much right the now. The American yeah. hops are probably suppressing them. So I get there, <laughs> and I'm staring at the hop free fridge at more beer. For literally like 15 minutes. I'm just scared. Because I can't, I can't, first of all, I can't believe they don't have Hollertown. And then I can't accept that they don't have Hollertown. And I'm standing there, and finally David Wonder comes over, and he's like, um, can I help you find something? And I'm like, Hollertown. He's like, yeah, we're, we're out. So it ends up a big discussion. I'm texting Jamil and Doc, and no one's fucking answering me what the, what the substitute is. I can't get an answer. Well... I found this. It's called Wakatu. It's a New Zealand New Zealand Howler Tau aroma. Right. Uh, the alpha acids are a little bit higher at five point two percent instead of what like four and a half four, or something yeah. that his. Um, so I grabbed Wakatu. Oh, Justin's. Uh, Did has you a smell it in, in the store before you used it? Did Just, you say, Dave, let's rip one of these open so I can check it out? I wouldn't have known what I was smelling anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, without a bag yeah. of holler, like a hops. Without a bag of holler. Well, when you can't find holler towel, you just use citra or something. Do some bullshit like I did, except you don't lie about it like I did. And don't use Simcoe. I I brought in the Wakatu, the New Zealand holler towel aroma, so that you guys could smell it. Oh, Nate! Nate's nodding. Seems about right. Tasty, you want to check that out? I love that you're He's you're noble that, oh. saying the entire name. I don't remember. Wakatu New Zealand Hollertau Aroma. Yeah, well, that's on the bag. You want to read the SKU number, too? Hollertau is uh, when you smell them out of the well, bag. Well, is like this that? in the finish at all, or is it just the bittering uh, uh, Hollertau? What are you using the Hollertau for? I'm not going to answer that yet. Oh. It's not Hollertau. It's Wakatu. Well, I mean, what do you need, uh, what do the, you need it for? The Hollertau genetic material that was grown somewhere else. What are you using that for? So, so that's the hop I went home with. And, and, and by the time I got home... Um, and I had posted on the Facebook that I was using this Wakatu. 
Thought it'd be fun. Hey, I'm changing things up. Right. Well, late that night, I don't know why it's taking so long for people to answer like my messages. M- Melanie. Um, Jamil answers my text, uh, one word, no. <laughs> I basically was like, I was like, they're oh. out of Hollertau. Should I use, uh, I was trying to list off what other like uh, noble hops they have. I was like, they have Perlay. Uh, I, I think I mentioned something else. And I, and I said, and walk it to. And he just answers, no. No. <laughs> And then he follows up with Mount Hood or Tetanang. Yeah. And then I read, I read some comments from some brewers that I know on the Facebook when I posted it. Like, if you're expecting that to be Hollertau, you're in trouble. <laughs> so I went back Saturday morning before my brew day and I got Tetanang. There you go. So I brought you guys oh, I brought it. you guys Tetanang and Wakatu. I did not use any Wakatu. I used all Tetanang. But I thought it'd be fun to get your opinion on, on if, if either one... You know what you would have chosen, maybe Nate. That walk is just a bittering hop edition. I think either one would have been fine. Well, they're all the way saying. through. Yeah, it's for all the way through, oh, I don't so know if you want. Yeah, it depends the, on the other edition. Then you probably don't want the walk at you so much. And that's what I would have done because that's yeah. all that Jamel's recipe calls for. I'll just read it while you guys smell that. It was calling for 18 IBUs of Holler Tower at 60 minutes, uh, four IBUs of the same. Uh, at 20 minutes, and then zero IBUs at, at flame out. Like when, in my case, it would have been uh, 1.2 ounces at flame out. So it was a single hop beer, and I would have used Wakatu all the way through, except that the comments on Facebook didn't seem positive, um, from at least from the brewers that I trusted. And Tetanang, it seemed like a, it's at least it's another german variety right it's a known quantity yeah it'll be fun. yeah it's much more it has more, seems to have more german character the uh you think so tasty yeah the, would you have made the same the smelling one, those yeah. two the other one has the... more citrus character in it yeah, yeah. it is very mel- the, the wagatu is very melanie melon-esque like cantaloupe and and uh yeah I, i've never used any of the new zealand hops and uh, i figure uh, like Annie was saying, if you're going to make the the beer from a certain region get the hops from that region right because they're going to taste different if you know grown. It's like coffee; it's the same plant. Yep. But the region, it, it depends. Tea, same thing. It's the same plant. Yeah, that's why I used the saffir in the late hop on this one. That's basically a kind of new school holler towel, like a newer crop stable holler towel, essentially. Yeah, that information would have helped. <laughs> well, Tetanang, you're in the same you're in the same well, realm. Yeah, but you're ba- good. But, that, oh, but I- JP, I basically made the decision based on the same things that you're saying. So I also yeah. ended up doing some reading and people saying that it's Melanie, and I was like, well. I don't want Melanie. It's a German beer, and I've never had a Melanie Schwartz beer. And then the other, you know, was like, well, at least Tetanang is is in the same friggin' like region family, you know. Yeah, you can smell the Tetanang is very. It, it's it's much more subdued and very even and yeah. mellow. There's a little grassy, I think, and even in there too. And the Wakatu is very uh, sharp okay. and Melanie. So you have, you would have had a very different beer. I don't know if it would have been bad or not. Me neither. But uh, it been Tetanang different. has like a little bit of like a black pepper thing, or the other one goes melon. I yeah, that what you're See, I'd rather that. Yeah. I'd rather black pepper than yeah. I thought. I thought I definitely don't want melon. Going to make it taste like I did an ale is what I felt like. Yeah, c- cover that walk to and you shake it. So you get a good whiff and it's. Those are the only bizarre. two changes I made to the recipe. One because I can't ask for help, so I use Crystal Fifty, and the <laughs> other because they didn't have any Hallertau. I, I ended up going with the Tetanang. Um, the gravity. I don't. I feel like I don't want to talk about the gravity part. <laughs> And, but <laughs> we're gonna beat you up. Uh, but so do, do we have an imperial no, swords no, or no, a no. session swords? <laughs> yeah. You know what he's not gonna say next because I nailed it. Yeah. But I just I didn't want to talk about it. No, it's, it's actually in the brand. It's not what you guys think though. 
But let me give you the reason for not mentioning. Let's glug some water in there and dilute it now. It's not too late. <laughs> Look, I was, I was super close. I was closer than I've ever been. My worry about mentioning the couple of things... I was really happy with this brew day. Yeah. My worry about mentioning the couple of things that didn't go perfectly is that when, you got, when we do the judging, maybe you guys oh. will be like on the lookout for them. Whereas uh, the other... I no. feel like the couple of mistakes I made might otherwise be transparent. That's why I'm saying I don't want to mention them. Like, I would be putting a fine point on something that, here's what I, I tasted the word afterward, and yeah. I loved it. I thought it just tasted wonderful. And so I feel like if I put a fine point on my couple of mistakes like I normally do, maybe you guys, that'll, well, what if they're two great beers, and now you have a sticking point to think about? No. Does that no, make that, sense? Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense, but I think we're impartial enough. And, well, for, I and don't forgetful think that's true. Or, I don't think anybody's impartial. Yeah, no, we are. And uh, just based on what I've heard about your recipes so far. I, I expect I'll be able to tell whose beer is whose. Okay. And I think I'll be able to fairly judge which one I like the best. So I Nate. should just give them then? I should just well, talk no, no, no. You don't have I mean, still, it's, you can't. You may or may not. It won't that make any difference to me. It may to... Uh, My OG was 10 That's good, right? That's great. Perfect. <laughs> That's a starter for the beer you're going to brew next weekend, which is the real one. Oh, right. right. I don't think you should tell them. I think that we're not impartial. I think, I think nobody that you should yeah. keep them really? to yourself. And I don't mean like you guys. I don't think anybody's impartial. And I think if, if uh, let's say, by some amazing chance in hell, they're two really close, great beers, and then you might be looking for the reason to to pick them apart, and you can go, "Oh, Jay said he messed that one thing. I can uh, taste that." You get that. It's There's just I think people do it naturally. I don't right, think well, you're going to do it uh, like on purpose. Right, I think. So I'll talk about it all afterward. But I'll tell you this. I got closer than, than I have in a very long time. I thought the work tasted wonderful. Um, the, the part I will talk about was the I did, I did do a yeast starter. So I did a yeast starter on uh, Wednesday? Wednesday night. I did a yeast starter. And I fed it again on brew day. Like I decanted and I fed it again the morning of brew day. And then... It settled out, and then I decanted it. I had to wait till the next day to pitch, like you did, Nate, or you waited six or so hours. I it was at night when I was done. Yep, I got it down to Jamil's recipe calls for getting the beer down to forty four degrees, pitching, and letting it rise over thirty six hours up to uh, fifty degrees, and just leaving it there. So I pitched at forty four. It instantly raised two degrees with my pitch. But I didn't want to crash it back down to 44, so I just I set my temperature gauge to 50, thinking that that's how you let it slow rise to 50 over 36 hours. No, when I got home on Sunday night after the thing, it was 50 degrees, and there was no fermentation happening. So whatever slow rise over 36 hours that Jamil wanted me to do in his, in his article didn't happen. I'm at 50 degrees. Wake up this morning, I go down there again, still no... Oh, oh when I got home last night, Tasty, I aerated again. So now it's been uh, okay. uh, 24 hours because I, I pitched Saturday night. So now it's Sunday night. No activity. Don't aerate it again, whatever you do. I won't. But Doc, I, I, I'm thinking of all the advice I hear on the show. And Doc likes to, if he sees no activity after 24 hours, he likes to throw some more oxygen in there. So I did that. As of this morning, still no activity, but I did not aerate again. Hmm. Are you supposed to be seeing activity this soon at that cold temperature? Loggers will take two, three days sometimes. See, I, I hope so. Because what size starter did you have? Uh, and what's your volume of beer? You're a twelve gal- uh, 11 gallons of or so yeah, of wort. Yeah, 11 or 12 gallons. And yeah. what size was the starter? Well, I did it in a 4,000 mil flask. And how many mils did you, did you, did you fill it up? 
Yeah, a full I class. did. I did, four, but you decant. So I don't know. I did a four thousand mil thing. Okay, and then liquid. I decanted the right. the stuff off so the top. A, yeah, a so I don't know. I had a chunk of yeast at the bottom. That seems like plenty to me. Seems right, right? Yeah, it yeah, was it more than the two vials I put in the starter. Yeah, yeah, more, sure. yeah. So I feel like it was a good healthy no, pitch. Be good, yeah. but I think I expected that. You know, by today at least, I got when I went down today. I was like, God damn! When it. you go down there tomorrow morning, it's going to smell like the floor at GABF. You think so? Farting like crazy. <laughs> yeah. It'll be all sulfurous. It'll be not, great. You don't have I a leak so. or something where they they can't build up pressure to. to because you're going by blow off, right? Yeah. You don't look, look, look it in there and seeing if it's bubbling. No, here. I almost did that. I was like, don't man. <laughs> I was going to open it this morning, but I but Leave I didn't. I just thought, well, maybe I have a leak and I tighten everything, and, and I'm just I'm sure not going to go think about like right. sex and baseball for a week or something. Forget about this thing. It's going to be uh, just fine. <laughs> and, so and 50 is not that warm. That's a fine. What, what yeast are you using? Uh, eight thirty. That's fine with that. Yeast. White yeah. Labs yeah. eight thirty, which could, I got directly from the mouth of the white. So he said, "Oh, this is over. You won." Yeah, I, well, is I'm that gonna, fair? Did you make, they got the rule book. This was a nice moment for me because I'm standing in more beer, and I don't usually get this way. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm standing there, and I'm like, oh, "Who should I ask about what?" Because there's eight thirty, and yeah. there's eight thirty three, and, yep. and there's Southern German, which is something else, right? Yeah, it's like something so close those, to that number wise. And I'm like, "Who could I ask?" And I went, "Oh." Well, ask Chris. <laughs> I can, he's the only one who answered me through the whole goddamn process. Well, thank God. And he, well, that's only the most important part for this beer. So. His favorite was that. was the eight thirty, but he yeah. also said you could use the Southern German. Eight thirty is great. But, uh, this I Dort we're drinking is eight thirty. Oh, okay. The Southern German is eight thirty eight. There you go. So, so that's the deal. Now, according to Jamel, if you're going to do the the pitch at forty four and let it rise over thirty six hours, you don't have to do a diacetyl rest. But since mine kind of went to fifty in a day. I think now I have to keep it at 50 and then do a, a, a rep. Then like ramp I gotta it up it. to 55 or something slowly after that. Yeah, I talked to Tasty a little bit about hurt. it on Sunday. I might do like a sort of Tasty method where I, yeah, sort of near the end, I let it ri- rise up. That's probably what I'll do. Yeah. I'll e- ease it up to about 54 or something and before I crash it back down and keg it or something. But you won't go higher than 54 because the <laughs> Tasty not. method, you know, goes higher than that. Well, the Tasty method is really just about keeping the fermentation constant, so... Say say it does finally kick up and starts fermenting, right? Yeah. And say it get, you know it gets all aggressive and you're smiling because it's fermenting along like you wanted it to. Yeah. As soon as you see it start to like diminish, then that's when you would raise the temperature. Okay. That's all. That's really what you go by. I could do that. Yeah. You're keeping it active, basically, tasty. Yeah, yeah, you want to exactly. let the, you want to keep the yeast consuming the things that they either they produced or that are present. Yeah, you want to make them think it's an increasingly uh, uh, great environment to be in. The party. I want still them going. to think it's Burning Man. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Rage. Yeah. Rage. Say longer. it like I can understand it. Yes. yes. <laughs> You know, seven days in the desert. We can do this. One more day. <laughs> Add more drugs. Okay. So, because my thought about the raising it up is, I feel like I've actually done a lot right so far. The last thing I want is a diacetyl bomb at the end. And then I'm just right. like, oh, the, like I could have fixed that. I think so, with that yeast, I've never had a diacetyl problem with that yeast. Acetaldehyde is the bigger risk. At least when I've messed around with 830. How do I get rid of that, Nate? Same thing. Oh, still let it eat it, yeah. eat it out itself, yeah, exactly. so to speak. There's another one of those like intermediaries that the yeast produce that they'll reconsume later. Yeah, they just have to still be active and ready to do it. Okay, that's all. How's our time frame, Nate? Like in terms, because you know, like Annie was like, oh, six weeks. Yeah, we're pushing it a little bit, but you know, it'll add to the fun, I guess. Actually, I think we're close. We got like five weeks from uh, okay. brew day, basically. What what day are you thinking you want to do it? Uh. I thought we... Oh, I, we're doing it the 21st of April. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So we got six weeks. We're good. Okay. Anyway, I hope it starts fermenting soon. The, oh, it will. Here's the other dumb part about my thought process. I know that we get these phone calls all the time. It's our most popular phone call. It's been two days, and I don't see activity. And our yeah. answer is always, relax, it's fine. And I know that. But yeah. when it's your own beer, yeah. and I'm standing there, I'm like, fuck. It's hard to relax. No, you know what you should do on the way home? Stop at the liquor store, buy a bottle of Kostritzer, and dump that in there. Mm -hmm. Be great. I'll do that. Yeah. I won't be afraid to do that. And then shit in it. (laughs) This is what I mean by us not being impartial. (laughs) Right. So, I'm overall, uh, I'm actually pretty happy with this beer, Nate. People are counting you out, but Mm -hmm. you got more skills than they give you credit for. This will be real. It'll be good. It'll be real. It'll be fun. It'll be real. Nate being kind over there. It'll be good, man. I did have a lot of fun brewing. One more secret. What? I didn't open a beer until the 20-minute edition of Hop. Oh, wow. There you go. That's good. Not for any particular reason, though, actually. I just I was doing other shit. So, so you, you inadvertently took Annie's advice. Yeah. Would you say that this is the best beer that you've made to date? Well, I don't know yet. But so far, would you no. say that? No? No. I don't mm-hmm. think so. No, I've, I've definitely had beers that up to this point, I was like, oh, it's going to be great. And then, yes. you know. So pre-fermentation, you wouldn't say <laughs> Because yeah, because yeah. fermentation is usually where things kind of fall apart. Because you've come in before, oh, the wort was the best I've ever tasted. And then yeah. it just shits the bed somehow in the fermentation. Especially yeah. lagers. That's, it's so tricky in the They're ferment. tough. Yeah. Just keep it steady. Leave it alone. Let it do its thing from here. I think you'll be great. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Because I definitely was happy with the brew day. Uh, aside from some uh, equipment failures that, of course, my, my fault. I didn't pre-test. So it was a long brew day. Luckily, nothing failed in the middle of brew day. Yeah. You know what I do need? Oh, I had a pump seize up. That was no fun. So mine didn't seize up, but it's a piece of shit. It, it's, so I've yeah. had it for five years. I got to go get one of those high flow pumps that they have right. at more beer. Uh, I'm there cursing, taking the head apart. Not during the chill, but during the research on the ward or during the transfer to the kettle or something. I'm like, God, fucking God damn it. Now you're channeling Justin. Take this bitch apart. And it happens once every four or five brews for me, especially a, a beer with dark malt or something. Something with a lot of more particulate matter. Yeah. It'll get stuck in the mill. It'll get stuck in the head or something. And then yeah, it, it doesn't move. Mine didn't fail, but it was having a real hard time. It was lazier than I am. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I got to change out that pump, and I, I did. I had to take apart my sculpture a little bit to replace a uh, one of the sensors. My my hot liquor tank float. Thing. Yeah, like the hot liquor tank won't fire up without the the float. What's it called? Float, float switch? Switch, thank you. Yeah. The float switch. And so I had to take my thing apart, too. But luckily, that was all happening before, right? Like, I'm just heating up my water at this point. Yeah. So nothing in the middle You're had not in the middle of timing catastrophic failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I chose not to use any sanitizer this time. Is that weird? <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. Loggers require minimal sanitizer. I mean, I had to throw something in there, and I thought, how about this? What if I beat Nate and I don't use sanitizer? Well, I've been telling you to stop using all that pur- Purell. It's, I'm glad to hear you finally listened. <laughs> I took your advice. Uh, all right, so that's my brew day, Nate. And uh, look, uh, Sounds like it went pretty smooth, man. It went smooth. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to destroy you. But, but his I, beer is called F. Nate in the... <laughs> <laughs> but I am confident it's going to be a good beer. So there we go. I still haven't come up with a name yet. By the time I'm at the show next time, I'll, I have, gave, I'll have a good one. I gave you a name. What was it? I forgot. I think it was Quit Life. Schwartz. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Cut your hair, you hippie scum. <laughs> yeah. It's extra hair in the mash. That's the secret. I think it was my fiance will leave me if I lose this challenge, Schwartz beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I... There'll be some stainless for sale if that happens, I think. 
All right, before we go, uh, Nate, I'm looking forward to to more information. Our next update will be about how fermentation goes, yes. which I hope to have positive news. And uh, and then we'll do the taste off. And um, you know, you should get a ride home that night in case It'll you be awesome. drink a lot. <laughs> my, it's a good idea. I'm going to plan ahead. All right, before we have to go, uh, we got just a couple things left to do. But uh, I want to welcome to the studio Kevin and Shay England. Hey, Miss Kevin, yeah, thanks for having us. How you guys doing? Great. Thank thanks, for, thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you for having us. Now, Kevin and Shay are here. Um, and by the way, let me preface this by saying we get a lot of people with uh, crowdfunding campaigns wanting help. And we sort of don't. And the reason is because it could, it could get crazy. Everybody wants help. But here's what happened. We, uh, we watched your video. We saw your idea. And S- Scott, by the way, was a real advocate. And I think he's right. It's a really great idea. Well, yeah, thank you very much. I know, I mean, as a home brewer, there's probably, there's as many nano-brew concepts out there as there are home brewers right now. I mean, it's just exploding and, yeah. and going crazy. So, yeah, we do have a little bit of a different take on it. Though. You do. So, uh, Kevin and Shay, their their crowdfunding platform is over on a, a new thing called uh, Crowd Brewed, and I think it's more for, for, for brewing projects, right? And your project is called Ferment, Drink, Repeat that you have over there. So tell us about the project because I think this will let our listeners know why we, we wanted to go ahead and, and let you guys talk about it. Yeah, so as a home brewer for 18 years, Ferment, Drink, Repeat, the concept is we have a nano brewery, but uh, we're also a brewery incubator. So traditional brewing model is, you know, you get hired as a brewer, you're going to brew the house recipes because... That beer, your customer customers are expecting a certain thing every time they come into the pub or in the package. Yeah. And uh, our thought is lower those thresholds for entry into the beer market. When we hire brewers, once they've learned, I've trained them on the system and they're up and running, let them bring their creative license to bear. And when we put it up on the tap board, it'll be Tasty's, you know, Ales or Nate's Awesome IPA or whatever's going to be up on the tap board and highlight which brewer did that and give them the license and then they start working that brand and that market then in a year or two when they seek investors or want to open their own gig they can have some sales data they can have Ah. a place in the marketplace that i mean we'll own the beer and sell it in our tap room but because you have to because it'll be on under our licensing but they would be able to show someone hey look this brand has been doing really well at the fdr tap room the last 12 months or something so it really gives them entree without all the licensing the leasing the bureaucracy the zoning the permitting all the things that we're going through getting this off the ground the hard part well yeah so this is great because i was i thought maybe so you're going to bring in a brewer they get to brew once and they get to say they they were at a brewery but this is much better you're it's not brewing once. It's developing a beer and a brand right in your place. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the best beer Kevin said he has ever tasted has come from home brewers. And so we feel like, wow, I mean, people are relegated to kitchens and backyards and garages and sidewalks. And, yeah. You know, so this is their chance to sort of come forward, brew a great beer, and get it out there for other people to taste. Sure. You know, so we really feel like this is an opportunity to develop a brand for somebody and like kevin said then have a real track record when it comes to looking for financing or anything else it's not just because right now it's hard for brewers there's a bit of a home brewers it's a bit of a stigma you go well i, I brew great home brew and, and investors might go okay well great but you, this is a, a real establishment it's a it's a better track record yeah absolutely okay and, you know 
when we say, oh, we're home brewers, what's the first thing people do? They go, ugh. Yeah. They give that face. I know I do. <laughs> right. As a home brewer, right. you're like, we had some of that home brew once. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, and so we just feel like, no, that's not the truth. The truth is, is we, there's some damn good beer out yeah, there. Yeah. So who is a potential candidate? Like, what's the vetting process of, of this? Well, we'd look at hosting our own quarterly or biannual, you know, competitions or I'm the vice president of the San Francisco Home Brewers Guild and just and involved in the homebrew community or could see someone rising up and winning a lot of competitions or something and ex- extend them basically an employment opportunity where, you know, they would be our employee and, and work for us, but eventually they're going to get to brew their creative ideas and, and put what they want to brew okay. up on the tap. And as a nanobrewer, you know, you got it's such a small scale, you know, there might there's going to be those times that we have to toss a batch, and, and that's where we absorb that cost and that risk, but... You know, at the same time, you're going on a small scale, so you can have that homebrewer, you know, creative spirit, the experimental license, and put it up there, and no trip to our tap room will ever be the same. You come in every week, and there's going to be a new lineup of beers on tap, and Excellent. be a great experience. So, What's your background? Do you come from the brewing world, or what have you been doing? I'm actually an Army officer. I'm going to transition out of the Army, retire this year after 21 years of service. Wow. And uh, so we're... I've been homebrewing 18 years. I've brewed in uh, basements in Germany and uh, on Lanai's in Hawaii and just all around the world, just keeping nice. the passion going all these years and and uh, have an engineering degree and background and just and working through a pro brewers course right now through American Brewers Guild and just okay. kind of putting it all together that this is the uh, the post-Army career that we want to do, own our own business and, and help others to get off the ground as well. Okay. How many years did you shave off your birth certificate? You've been in the Army 21 years? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, this is yeah. what I was going to say as soon as you mentioned that. This is an interesting thing about an Army career, especially guys like you who apparently started young. It's a full career. It's You're, you're retiring. You're not leaving it. And then you're still in the, in the prime of your life. Guys like you have, what's the second career? You get two careers in right, your life. Right. And I think a lot of Army guys have this. Right. And maybe wonder, what the hell am I going to do after this first career? Like, a lot of us only have to pick one career, I guess is my point. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, right. or none in a lot of <laughs> or, cases. Yeah. yeah. Or this is your second career. Right. You know? And nothing says safety to an Army spouse than, hey, let's open a nanobrewery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean you're going to be home for a long period of time? Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> because he has been deployed twice, and I'm used to him being gone. So now we're going to be up in each other's grill, working oh, together yeah. all the time. So Uh-oh. this is going to be an interesting dynamic is for it us like a, a couple. Yeah. Almost like a new relationship. Almost. Oh, listen, I smell reality show. Is what <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be good. It's, first of all, it's got the Army appeal, the military appeal. We want to yeah. watch that. We're, we're rooting for you guys. And then it's got you guys at each other's throats which is what i like right so i feel like this is a great combination <laughs> let's get very some cameras good. in that it's brewery then you're bringing in a bunch of bozo home brewers to brew the beer too yeah. this is a you're a, like why you broke the what you know yeah so forget brew hags or whatever it's called brew what, what, called with that other mean beer? You mean pink what boot society what's the beer show that's out now on yeah, esquire brew, network brew dog there you go brew that dogs. one oh. yeah not brew hags whatever brew hags uh <laughs> way to keep up with me and so, all right, I like this idea. Well, thank you. Where yeah. can people go to help out? Because you're in the funding stage. We are. We're doing a crowd. It's called crowdbrew.com. So crowdbrew just in and of itself is a pretty cool concept. It's like Kickstarter, but it's only beer-related projects. So we're, wow. all, we're only their ninth project, and we're, we're all about community and, and building craft beer. So we could have gone with Kickstarter or Indiegogo. You guys are talking about a, 
Australian airfare flight, you might check out Crowd Brew. Just well, maybe from, I will. Instead, of, a, we haven't started it yet. Right. We were, we yeah. looked at Indiegogo just because it seemed more robust in terms of it didn't have right. to be a commercial endeavor. Right. And but it, maybe Crowd yeah. Brew would be better. Well, they're all about, it's all craft beer related endeavors. So we went with them and uh, crowdbrew.com, you'll come up to it and there's a button to click the rewards link because they're, they're going to get into uh, soon the laws have changed and they're going to allow equity funding, crowdsourcing for equity in businesses and they're staging oh, okay that, but oh, i like that idea too but yeah crowdbrew.com you see the equity or the rewards you click on rewards and then you'll see fdr ferment drink repeat okay and we're one of their highlighted campaigns right now and we're, we're about at two-thirds uh two-thirds funded so how much time is left we got just about a week next tuesday is going to be our last day all right guys we got to get 18th, some we got to so. get some cash in this account where's yeah. the brewery going to be in san francisco nice that's, that's been a challenge i mean people ask that and uh, we've been looking for several months, and you got to get through zoning and permitting and good luck. Different, uh, well, San Francisco in and of itself, just uh, prices and stuff. But yeah, oh uh, yeah, eastern side of the city, most likely. You know, we've looked uh, Dog Patch Patrol, Soma, uh, even South Southern Edge, uh, Portola Place, Silver, mm. Silver Terrace, some areas in there that might have some more industrial feel that would be within our price range and okay. give us the space we need to do the home oh it's going to be a homebrew shop too so okay that'll have all these other components going on so it sounds like a great concept what made you think of it just seeing homebrewers not getting their due i think so just being in the homebrew cl- the community all these years and then just being the vice president of our homebrew club in the city and just i mean how many great beers i see and everyone wants to get into this business but it, it is so difficult so yeah. I was, I, you know I, I read beer advocate i watch the web i you know just follow the business and listen to the brewing network yeah, yeah. well and there's all Absolutely. these you know all, what what prevents people from getting into the business and it's always capital intensive and oh you have to have seven to ten barrels in a brew pub you have to do 30 barrels for a production facility and i just i've been looking at this and thought well how do you reduce these hurdles and yeah so I thought the concept was, well, hire guys, and instead of making them brew Kevin's Hop Sleeve IPA every day, you let them brew what they want to brew. Yeah. And, and that'll free me up to run the homebrew shop. I don't have to brew every day. That'll be good, you know. Perfect. See, you know, I like your outsourcing you know. already. Well, you haven't even opened yet. But you got, I mean, I want, I, want, I want it to be still a passion, and fine. I don't want to grind out every day on a three-and-a-half-barrel system. I want to be able to brew a couple days a week, yeah. let other guys brew be doing other things and just and that'll make it more exciting for our customers too because you know you got to surround yourself with great people and smarter people than you and in Variety my case, of beer. that's not that's not hard to find smarter people than me so that's that's <laughs> pretty good but you and me both yeah so no something that we really want to instill in this business in general is the sense of community you know something that kevin and i have really learned being in the army for as long as we have as a family is that it takes a village right and you know Time and time again, I've had to rely on the village when Kevin's been deployed or, you know, I've needed help with something. So, you know, I, we're bringing that into our civilian life in regards to, you know, we, it takes a village. And we, as much as we need the village, we want to help the village as well. So it's sort of this community effort. It's really important to us to keep that going in our civilian lives as well. So that's well, really... These are the things that made us want to uh, have you guys in here and talk about it. So I do wish you luck. Uh, Thank you. It's... Uh, uh, 
what, what did I have it? Uh, Crowdbrewed. You can go to crowdbrewed.com and then find the link for ferment, drink, repeat. I guess it just says FDR there. And uh, there's not much time left, but uh, San Francisco homebrewers, this could be an opportunity for you not only to potentially go brew, but also to drink other homebrewers' beers at, at, that they're that they're trying to, to make it themselves as a commercial brewer. So if you're into that sort of thing, uh, it's probably something for you to support. I like it. Well, thank you very much for yeah, having sounds us. Great. Absolutely. I just really um, threw the webpage up on the webcam. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. All right. Excellent. Go check it out. Thank you, guys, Kevin and Shay, for Thanks. coming in, and I, I wish you luck. Thank you. Thanks Let, for having us. Give us a follow-up. Let us know how it goes. Oh, we will. What for happens? Sure. Is it all or nothing? Like, if you don't meet, uh, meet the, the goal, they... It, they it started as all or nothing, but they're so... Crowd Brood is so nude, you can switch, and then we, we've made enough in our campaign to date that they've now reverted to, we take what we get. Okay. Because we've crossed a threshold of, we're we're, we're almost there. You know, Good, because like that would be such a shame. Way. I always see those, and I'm yeah, like, right. oh, how yeah. hard it is to be, to be like that close, and yeah, then, right. well, thank you for all your support, but right. we didn't make it. Right. Ouch. So, it's, it's kind right. of a hybrid solution. Okay. I guess they could just say it's flexible funding from the start, but... Anyway, we're doing pretty well, but we do need a big final push here in the last seven or eight days mm-hmm. to get that final third in and, and make it a true success. So, All right, go to crowdbrood.com and uh, look up FDR. That's Ferment, Drink, Repeat. It's a great idea. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate you being in here. Uh, all right, real quick, um, i got to let you guys know about Adam and Eve. Uh, you go to adamandeve.com right now. You get dildos and all sorts of shit. I heard a new Adam and Eve commercial on the, on the radio. Um, they're giving away all sorts of different gifts now. You get more than one free gift. Did they finally mention what is so sensual? No, no, but and oh. they didn't. By the way, they didn't. They didn't send, send you the new copy. No, uh, we're still on the old copy. <laughs> Come on. But apparently, I don't know. Is maybe it you get new too stuff. sophisticated for us, or what? Yeah. And by the way, have you heard the girl who does the the reads on the radio? No. Like the it's not when it's not live. Like is this commercial? Hey yeah. boys, is it like that or what? She's a lot hotter than we are. I'll tell you that right well, now. I well, I don't know. I think Beeve could give her a run for her money. That's true. I don't know. She's pretty. I had a dirty dream about Bebo last night. Oh, oh no! no. Waka two on the bear behind or what? <laughs> no, I mean it. Sprinkle waka two on the bear behind. I, I woke You've up. Been a, friends for a long time. I don't know why you have to tell me things like this. I don't know. It, don't worry. It didn't get too bad. I woke up, but I felt your boobies. Awesome. How and I'm they? not going to beat that girl sounding like this. No, you're not hot right now. Not it, at all. It had you. You should call me. Uh, you should make a recording. I'll play it every night before I go to bed, so I never have a dirty dream about you again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can cough into it. Uh, go to adamandeve.com right now. Use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y. Uh, you get free shipping. You get 50% off just about any one item. You get three free adult DVDs from all sorts of genres. Can you have Shay read the genres, please? Shay, dude, are you aware of any of the genres uh, over on adamandeve.com? Um, unfortunately, I'm not. No. See, she's well, a respectable... You're, you're about uh, to get aware. Make her aware. Yeah, I, make, well, make me aware. Uh, there's... <laughs> Please. Damn it! There's yeah. uh, anal. What? Uh, I want her to read them. I don't have them in front oh, of me. You don't? That's why oh. I was asking if she knows them. Oh. I read this shit off the top of my head. I know my Adam and Eve. You're, I'm sorry, I, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what? I got. I always got a list in front of me. You guys usually yeah. populate the list for me anyway. Well, and I like how you don't ease into it. You just go straight for anal. Well, I figured. You know why? I thought about all the other ones, and I was like, if you're gonna make me do it, I yeah. might as well go for the gusto. Not like big boobs, no. and big butt. Well, there's double penetration. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shake, shake. Guess a genre, and we'll see if they There's have it. There's shaming. 
It's shaming. shaming. S and M. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's the genre. Thank you. All right, all sorts of genres. You get three free adult uh, DVDs, free shipping, uh, free gift. Uh, you get a different gift every time you order, I guess. Mm. Uh, all by using coupon code BNARMY over at AdamEve.com. Do it. Uh, all right. Twitter game. Twitter game. What's the result? The result. Uh, we actually had a lot of uh, of results from this game. This stupid game. <laughs> Look at me, like I. People I, want the bacon. Like, yes, cries. Twitter game. And, well, because and I was. Because well, usually you uh, you say the sponsor. Again, oh, so that's I was okay. waiting for you. Sorry. What was the Twitter game question? The Twitter game question was: If you had to uh, have a body part made of bacon, what would it be, and, and what for? Why is that? Yeah. Right. Okay. What did we get? Uh, well, we start off with. Uh, oh, I don't even know. These people are crazy. Frank La Rochelle on Twitter. He wrote nails. They just grow back. I'm assuming he means like finger and toenails. That's brilliant. Never right? ending supply of bacon. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Hook writes, my ding dong. That way my wife will actually put it in her mouth. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of, too. Yeah. Can, 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 you, like, can you guess how many of those I got? Bacon. Yeah. was like, Sam's getting a blowjob. Yeah. Uh, bacon. Then, I got most, uh, I, I got probably 15 of those. Yeah. All worded very, very similarly. So it turns oh, out I'll that, actually get a BJ this time. It turns out that cynic in the beginning was right. 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 Uh, Half Monk writes, my beer gut, so I continuously eat it back to a six-pack, which I think is a tremendous idea. That's a great, that's that almost, would, that might be better than the nails. You eat your gut back that, to a six-pack. That would require so much flexibility. Yeah. Well, you just get mm. a knife, dude. Don't, don't be oh, dumb. Yeah. She's right. I've tried. I've rolled all around the living room. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Eating your, trying to eat your six-pack? Yeah. yeah that's well, what I was trying to do. Uh, You're an idiot. <laughs> Spider Wrangler writes, a bacon beard sounds awesome. It's always growing, and it's, and it's handily located near my mouth. Always have a renewable snack. Good point. Dr. Hoppenstein writes, I'd go with bacon fingers. Everything you touch, get baconized. Mm, but it'd be hard to do, like, reports in school. Or anything else things. other than eat your fingers. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, there's one other thing that would be good. <laughs> Imagine what? Never mind. Oh. Imagine if your friend was falling and you had to grab it with bacon fingers. Yeah. Try to, anyway. Yeah. Um, Austin writes, my throat. I could always taste bacon, yet swallow things like a snake because of the grease. Okay. Yeah. That sounds slightly homoerotic. <laughs> Why? Just because he's swallowing a snake? Exactly. Weird. Yeah. Well, things. All right. Uh, Randall Thorpe writes, I would like to have a bacon mustache. <laughs> That's the same as the other guy. Well, I know, but I liked it because it was very proper. Okay. Like he was asking for it, like it was a deliverable that we could, uh, you know, give him. Did I would it come like in before or after the other one? After, I guess okay. but I just like the wording. All right. Yeah. And as a side note, yeah, he would never need chapstick because he could just take the mustache and rub it on his bottom lip, and then rub his lips together, and the ah. grease would moisturize them. Yep. Gross. Okay. <laughs> uh, John Lamanke writes, "My nose. I'm practical. So yeah. when I pick it, people won't judge. Huh? Yeah. People would still judge." Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, I was trying to, I'm picturing it. They like, don't, uh, they don't know it's bacon. Like I'm doing this judging. and then eating well, your boogies, I guess. Your boogers would <laughs> still be boogers. Grease. Your it's nose cool. would just be Yeah, he bacon. should have said yeah. his boogers, not yeah. his nose. That was a, that's a okay, so, okay, look, fair enough. It wasn't well thought out. All right. right. <laughs> uh, I'll dare on, him. <laughs> In rewrite, we would have fixed that. Yeah, uh, Crispy writes, hair. Nate could then change the name of his band to Brain Grease and give the crowd a tasty <laughs> treat while headbanging. <laughs> Also, great bacon grease on the crowd. Yeah. Uh, Tuski Bruski says, My hands, that way I could pork slap Moscow. (laughs) Why me? (laughs) Um, I don't know. You deserve it. I don't know. And then finally, Gay Kyle. Yeah. (laughs) My anus. (laughs) Uh, Gay Kyle writes, My mouth. That way, when I blow homeless Martians, it'll taste like breakfast instead of sadness. (laughs) 
So that was your Twitter game, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh, Kyle, I did not, not expect that out of gay Kyle. I didn't think that was, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> I think he's embraced his gayness. <laughs> that's that's the best one right there. That, that the was so good one. it took me a long time to get it. Uh, well, do we have to vote? <laughs> I don't think there's a well, vote. Well, there was 20 yeah, ding-dong people. I mean, they do get some say here, don't they? It's like the no, tea they party, get nothing. isn't it? They're unoriginal. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got to go to gay yeah, Kyle, yeah, right? Yeah, my hands down. crying over here. That was great. Gay Kyle, you're the Good winner job, of our trade. All right, you get our bacon prize pack, which has uh, lard soap and uh, bacon caramel popcorn yes. and bacon uh, tortilla L- chips. Lard tortilla, barbecue flavored lard tortilla chips. That's it. Great. Congratulations to Gay Kyle once again. Uh, all right. Is that it? Yes. We're done? That's it. Yes. Do this whole list over here? I think so. Yep, I did. All right. Next week, there is no week. I don't know if you knew that, but there's a whole week missing. Shit. No, we just have no show on Monday because we're going to Vegas for a bachelor party. Right. Are you doing the whole... Th- when are you coming home, JP? Uh, Monday. New York. Are you with yeah. us? Are you on our flight? No, I'm not on your flight. I'm flying Virgin. So, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He might yeah. be on Sam's flight. Oh, good. If Sam lives because he is rooming with Doc. Oh, he's not oh, likely geez. to live. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he just to... looked at me like he was concerned. Yeah, everyone rooms with the doc once. <laughs> <laughs> once. I can't keep up with the man. There's God, no I way. I almost want to just like fork out the money so Sam can have his own room. Oh, he's going to be fine. I roomed yeah. with Doc at NHC. He was never oh. there. He was yeah. just partying all the time. You don't, I mean, I'm assuming. You're not as susceptible to peer pressure as Sam is. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Sam, get married. Okay. Sam, have a kid. Okay. Right. Sam, you're our friend. Okay. Right. <laughs> Sam is susceptible to everything. Yeah, everything. Sam, drive us around. Okay. <laughs> Sam, drink this. Okay. <laughs> Sam, watch my kid. Okay. Mm. All right. Let's get out of here. We'll see you back in a couple weeks. Don't forget to go over to crowdbrewed.com and check out Ferment Drink Repeat. I want to thank Annie for being on the show and having a great time with us. Uh, she's cool and brought us some good beer. And uh, Nate, yeah. I hope you die. I mean, in the in the competition. You're going down. <laughs> Crosley. That's what I meant. You might win this competition Rawr. posthumously. Nate's about to turn uh, the big 4-0. You guys yep. know that? Yeah, it's coming up. Right around the corner. Ugh. Big round number. Big oh, round number. Yikes. 30 was w- worse for some reason. This is fine. Really? Yeah. 40's the new 39. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here, JP. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Annie Johnson was here talking about good homebrew. Go check out her involvement with the newest thing in homebrewing over at picobrew.com. Also, head over to crowdbrew.com and look for FDR, Ferment Drink Repeat, and go support our friends. JP is trying to be funny over on Twitter. Give him a much, uh, give his ego a much-needed boost and follow him at Major Jip. For some good beer inside and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Maskowitz. JP wishes he was still in Disneyland. Your claw-footed call screener was Bebo, and your host was Justin Cross. Be sure to find the Brew Network on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram. Winning the race, JP does great as his cherry.